You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheeled lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. All right, all right. Well, we are in the pleasure of having our presence um, gifted by Mr. Chris Nelson. Chris, I've known for a long time at my previous employer, came in and was our Oakley rep at the time. So I know you had a whole life before that, but <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. And uh, I don't know, what, a, what an introduction. I don't know if I could live up to that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I've always loved you. And even when you weren't our rep and you moved to Texas and there's a whole lot of but I, we've always been yeah. friends, so it's we've always kept in contact, which we, I dig. We have. We have for sure. And then, you know, Jay's been with the team and everything, and you guys have talked about Yeah, the I mean, years. we've known each other a little bit, kind of more so over the last couple years, maybe yeah. a little little bit more, but um, I mean, I was with the team for 19 years, so that's probably about the time we met 19 years ago, but yeah. Um, so I was talking to Lala this morning because she knows you obviously a lot a lot better than I do and knows some of your, your history and things like that. But she, she didn't know anything about you before, uh, before Oakley. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So where'd you grow up? Uh, well, I'm a California kid. Okay. I was born, born and raised here. Um, at one point, um, my stepdad, uh, took a job in Oregon. And so at an early age, we took off to Oregon, uh, lived in a small rainy coastal town in Oregon for about six years. Okay. And then, uh, work brought us back to California and uh, I've been here since, you know, really like junior high okay. and high school. Okay. Everything was back here. Um, okay. but, but as a little Grom running around on a BMX bike, it was in the rain in Oregon all the time. Okay. And so I think we're about the same age, about 30 years old, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, you guys, hey, you guys look horrible for 30, just letting you know. It's been a rough 30 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so so you rode rode BMX and did some things like that as a kid. Did you ever race um, anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, it really kind of started from my dad. Um, my dad was really into bikes, anything on two wheels. Okay. Um, he he raced motocross. Gosh, probably would have been like late sixties, early seventies. And then um, by the time I was six years old, um, it was probably, you know, early, mid-70s, uh, he had me on two wheels. I okay. still remember my first bike, and I've got this great photo I should have shared with you guys. It's uh, a black and white of me uh, jumping, like, the, a curb at, like, age six on a, sting, a Schwinn Stingray. Nice. That was just a, an absolute, like, hand-me-down third third generation hand-me-down he's <laughs> like yeah. he'd gone through so a lot clapped. Of, oh it was it was the thing was hammered <laughs> yeah and it was like yeah. well loved different coats of paint you know yeah. stuff like that um but anyway that was my starter bike and um yeah that's where i fell in love with you know kind of riding bikes and uh raced bmx motocross and on to mountain bike road okay. bike yeah gravel bike you know, <laughs> anything bike. on two wheels right just about just That's about what, i've tried i've tried it all i mean some of it you know i've done okay at and some of it i suck at but, yeah you know i, I try it <laughs> yeah it's one of the things you know with, with the huck and ride program is we we've just said we, we just have a love for two wheels you know it started yeah. out of course our hearts and passion is with mountain bikes and mountain bike racing and especially towards the gravity side of things but you and i were just talking like 
you know, this this year, all of a sudden, I'm a cross country racer. You know, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. You know, w- whatever whatever keeps that passion fueled. That's yeah. you know, and it's always on two wheels. So that's cool. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Abs- we're still gonna need that picture because we're gonna put it up on our thing, oh, yeah. so that way people can see it. So yeah, you I'll, know, I'll definitely share it with you. You'll you'll love it. It's, oh, it's, I, I can't it's wait. a crack up when you see it because uh, the, the photo says a lot. Like you'll see. <laughs> Is it one of those memes like what we do? What we used to do? Like on the internet? What we used to do back in the day to the kids now? Like yeah. you know, we used to be outside till the street lights came on, and then you had to be in. Yes. And then you're out there jumping the curb, riding go karts. You know. I remember it, it's perfectly that it's crazy because <laughs> it, it, here, it sums it all up. In here's the, the story. It was funny is that it was an old, old shot that my f- dad took at his home. And because my parents were split, right? I lived with my mom. I'd go visit dad and he, you know, got me a BMX bike and got, you know, got me into riding bikes, trying to teach me how to ride wheelies. Um, and then built a ramp in front of his house or something that I started trying to jump. And, um, anyway, the, he took a photo and I, you know, I was too young to remember all this, right? And then my parents, which were split, my dad kept all the photos and we never, you know, never shared them with her. And she didn't have this, these, you know, memories. Yeah. And nor did I remember that photo. And then one day I was looking for something and I was on, gosh, I want to say, what are these ones? Is it Etsy that have like photos uh-huh. and things, all oh, these yeah. things. And it had these photos. And one of, one of them was this great moments caught like on on camera and it's just like where something crazy happens like you know when you see the photo of the guy at belgian waffle and he goes over the bars and they caught the photo right as his face only is dipping into the water face first yeah it's like it's a magical that they catch that exact moment well my dad caught this photo at the certain moment when i went over the ramp and right on the photo of these 20 photos listed was me and i don't oh, know wow. the photo so i snapped it I showed my wife. She goes, oh, my gosh, that's you. And she could tell. And my kids knew it was me. And I kept on showing it around. And people just knew, like, oh, that's got to be you. And then I sent it to my mom in Colorado. And she said, where did you get that photo? And I said, is that me? She goes, yeah. And you can see my dad's Volkswagen in the background. So I knew it was, it was me. Yeah. And it was hilarious because I found the photo of me on Etsy from somebody out there that got a hold of it and posted it. That's that. crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. weird. What there, a trip. Yeah, it's another, weird. Another crazy story uh, with, the, with the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, I, the, so much. The fun part is, what were you, what were you looking on Etsy for? Um, you know what's funny? Is, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, so... Out of all the years of my life, you know, you everyone's getting tattoos and stuff, and I've always been intrigued by it, but I was always afraid whatever I wanted, because what I wanted in the 90s and I didn't get, I'm so glad I didn't get, right? Now yeah. I, you mean uh, like the tram stamp with the roses and everything? Yeah. Sick tribal uh, <laughs> thing, yeah. I was, in the, I was a river kid, too. So I loved to have a suit. I'm like, I got to get that, you know? So, no, um, um, but I was on there because once I had my kids, you know, I put my mm-hmm. son's name on my arm. Yep. And then I was on Etsy because forever I have a daughter and she wants to, you know, where, where, where's my name? And I just wanted something special for her. So I was always looking for uh, fonts. And you can look under tattoos on things like that. Mm-hmm. And you'll see all these things. And it just gives you inspiration or ideas and, like, snapshots of it. And so that's why I'm, that's why I find it. And they even have BMX retro stuff on there too, which oh, yeah. is really fascinating to, for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So show the camera. Both you got uh, Tristan's name. I, I have Tristan, which is my boy. Yep. And uh, and just and then, and then just now, um, a little Brooklyn. bit more Brooklyn, a little more petite and feminine is is Brooklyn, my daughter. Nice. So and I now his kids. We'll get to that in a little bit. So go on. So <laughs> you, you BMXed and then. Go on. Yeah. Um, so, so from there, um, you know, like I said, my my dad had me on a BMX bike at an early, early age. Um, had me on the tank of his motocross enduro bike. 
uh, probably by like seven where I was just holding on to the bars and hanging and sitting on the tank. And then by the time okay. I turned eight, he, you know, he turned me on to, uh, he got my, my first Honda was an XR 75. Yes. Stroke. Yes. This is the best learner bike, right? This it, is my it, first bike too. Yes. It, <laughs> 1976. It, it was so good because it would climb any hill. Like you didn't have to be good. It climbed it in first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear. It did not matter. It, you know, not like a two stroke. Like you had to know what you were doing to climb a good hill. Right. So, um, but anyway, I went, I rode, I rode that. And then, um, when I moved off to Oregon, uh, was, like I said, I lived in a small town called Coos Bay and, uh, I'd go to the market with my mom and she'd grocery shop. I'd lay on the, the floor and look at BMX action. Like the whole time she was in the grocery store, just laying on the floor of the grocery store, reading the magazine um, and dreaming of all these guys that were racing that I'm watching, you know, Stu Thompson and, um, you know, PK. Um, yeah. These guys oh, yeah. were like, you know, I knew nothing about them other than what the magazine showed me yeah. because I lived in this little remote town. Right. Um, but uh, the uh, owner of the bike shop, um, uh, w- w- local bike shop was called everybody's bike shop. And, um, I think it was Rick Dyer, the owner. Um, he decided to open a BMX track and op- opened up a BMX track. And I got so excited and they had flyers everywhere. And I thought, wow, you know, this is like big time for me as a little, <laughs> little town kid. Um, so I ended up, uh, you know, getting the okay from my parents. They helped me get the equipment and the, the things that I needed for the bike, my helmet, you know, back then you didn't even have to have a full face. I had an open face with the little, uh, little like Jaffa. Jaffa. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was, that was, uh, that was the beginning of it as I was just excited to be able to go race. And I went and raced the first BMX race I'd ever done in my life there. And, uh, I just, it was a great experience. Um, I, I won my first race. Nice. Um, and then. I, you know, right away, the other guys that raced there in town, the BMX uh, team and the people at everybody's bike shop, uh, they invited me to go do a trip with them because every weekend they'd go to Roseburg at night mm-hmm. on Friday nights. Um, in the winter, because it's Oregon, we'd race in a, like a rodeo palace. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an indoor track with like wooden tabletops that were carpeted. Um, and then, uh, and then we'd go to Eugene the next morning to Emerald Valley BMX race there and then be back to Coos Bay on Sunday where our home track would race. So we'd collect three, three sets of points in like literally just over 48 hours. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. You were collecting. That's, we were. It's cool that, that, you know, we, we always find out the, the BMX community, you know, bike community in general is just super tight. Yeah. And we were talking to John Hall a couple of weeks ago and he was in South Dakota. Yep. You know, and they, they had a BMX track and he said, you know, it's a little more remote, had to travel a little further, but still it's like the same group. We just travel and do all the his same. Mom, his mom as a young kid sent him off with these teenagers. I, I, I listened to that too. And it was funny because I was trying to picture that, you know, and I can appreciate it. You know, it was, it was different because I did the same thing in a sense, but I, I had a BMX dads. So yeah, uh, a couple of guys I rode with, um, that I was really close with, like, you know, we were in soccer together in school sports and then their dads were, uh, it was awesome. Their dads both worked for Xerox and they had the Xerox vans <laughs> that carried all the equipment and they would empty all the equipment and in the same beds, they would lay these like sleeping bags or mattresses and we would travel all night yeah. and we would have the bike crammed in this back of this van yeah. and we had two bunks that were really designed for Xerox equipment with all the, to all the equipment that were our beds. Well, some of these van life people might, might love that stuff. Yeah. Now, right. Well, I mean, I, really, yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. right? They yeah. just, you know, there's just a little bit more plush, <laughs> you know, Mercedes Sprinter. <laughs> that is funny. I'm sure Xerox really appreciated that then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just here to plug some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for plugs. We're good. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And so 
from there, what was your what was your biggest race? I mean, you said you did moto, you did BMX. What was your biggest? Fin- I mean, I know personally you're very competitive. Um, I Me? Mean, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know because you've done some other stuff which we will get to. But what was your biggest? What was your biggest accomplishment? As a kid, as as a kid, that you were mm. like, yeah, I want to, I want to stay in the bike industry. I really like this. Well, I don't think I don't think I ever accomplished anything so big in the in 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 on the bike as a kid that made me think, ah, this is what I want to do. Um, it was just interesting because, like, I never did I think I was going to work in the bike industry um, as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't. I, who knows? I I probably wasn't even thinking about working. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, no. Uh, yeah. But um, I, you know, I went through a period where I raced BMX. Um, even when I came back to California, my biggest race was that I remember, and uh, for some reason I cherished. Just I came back and I I kind of like laid off a of BMX. We came back to California and I, I all of a sudden was hungry for it again. I started racing Chapman BMX uh, oh, yeah. with a Y. That was my home track, and and then uh, ended up getting into like maybe a triple points race, and then decided to go to a national. And there weren't a lot of nationals that were close by in Oregon. No, so you we had to drive. We had to drive. I mean, uh, I had one. We had one called the Rose the Rose Nationals, which was in Portland, and we'd do that. And I drove down a few times to the one in uh, NorCal. Um, I can't remember the town, but. Anyway, they were they were like they were just massive to me as a little kid to see you know where you have a moto in the morning and then you don't have a moto again till four in the afternoon mm-hmm. you know and stuff it was right. it was crazy and it was the heyday right I mean we're yeah. talking I started in like eighty eighty one and um, you know I raced BMX probably till about eighty five and then I lost interest because I had moved into one twenty fives and now all of a sudden yeah. I was out of, out of Paris Dienza racing dirt bikes doing that stuff yeah um but anyway the my probably my biggest race that i was proud of at least as a kid is i came back here and when i got back into it um i made my dad take me out to the pico rivera nationals uh all weekend and uh there's two races i guess there's like a maybe a triple points race day at the beginning and then the next is the national double po- yeah and i had won both and i had never won a national and all of a sudden i was in california and it was, i was like i'm back you know <laughs> i'm back baby i'm back <laughs> you know you know the funniest thing is as a kid is the the biggest thing to you and i mean imagine how little i am i'm 10 11 years old maybe maybe i'm about 12 by the time i won a national and the trophies were bigger than us do you remember those? The oh, nat- they're, oh. <laughs> they're massive. And I, it's so funny, but as a kid, you're just so proud of those, you know. And, and then later in life, you're like, "What do I do with these? <laughs> <laughs> this is taking up so much room. Why yeah. can't they just give me a medal?" Yeah. Well, that's that's what my mom would say. We'd move, and she'd be like, "Are we, are you moving? Are we taking those again?" You know, I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> well, but being taller than me wasn't a big. I mean, I'm small. <laughs> no, so. no big accomplishment. <laughs> but see, imagine how excited you I would got, be by that trophy. Exactly. I got wow. <laughs> I got third place, and it's taller than Lala. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, hey, I raced, and I, I mean, same thing. Like, my the first national was out at Cutting Edge and um, in Ontario. Oh, okay. the other, yeah. Oh, my gosh, same thing. Like, you, you raced at 7 in the morning, and you didn't even race again until 9.30. Yeah. You know, it's like you're out there all day long, you know, and we were out there with um, the stepkids and stuff, and, oh, my gosh, just the – but, once again, the love and passion for it, right? But, excuse me, I race cruisers. I have my District 10 jacket still, so nice. whatever, watch out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never got to race those, you know, but it's funny. I, I've, I've gone back out when my kids started racing BMX because, ironically, Chapman, which was my home track, was still around when my son was born. And then for his fourth birthday, we bought him a BMX bike, threw him into the BMX school and then he was racing five and under and the kid was literally had been four 
for maybe a month. Right. And, and he's chasing these kids that are, you know, four or five and almost six years old at that point. And it was awesome. It was just so great to go see. I still have a great photo, photo of him on the podium. You remember? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Nice. Okay, so fast forward. You're doing this bike thing. You're back to California. And now you're maybe growing up. Well, yeah. you're getting older. I don't think growing up ever happens. <laughs> yeah, no, with no, you. no. <laughs> Let's no, I, no now we're getting into the good set because now we're going to talk moto. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I heard him talking moto. So <laughs> yeah. that, that, I was riding moto in all those same time periods at the same places so you guys probably yeah. raced each other yeah. somewhere in the day you gotta probably. look at your pictures unless he didn't suck and he was no higher I, class than me no <laughs> i you know i i did okay for my age um and it was funny because um i think i was fast on a bike but at my age all the guys i raced were older like in the 125 class that you know i was a kid mm -hmm. um i think i got my 125 when i was 14 years old maybe because i wanted a mini and my dad was like uh eh, you're going to outgrow it in a year. Yeah, I'm just going to put yeah. you on a 125. And, yeah. and I was I was like, no, I want a mini. You know, I wanted to go race and be competitive. <laughs> and I thought, like, those bikes, you know, I'm going to race big, big, fast guys. And um, But anyway, he put me on a 125. It worked out. And um, my my one of my buddies got on one, and we were we were young. We were both on on those, and started going out to Paris. And I would pull a whole shot, and I'd, you know, I'd lead for a lap. Yeah. And then it was fitness. Yeah. And then you know, I realized that you know, my dad had always said, you know, hey, soccer and and motorcycle, you know, riding a dirt bike is some of the top cardiovascular athletes that are out there. Um, you, you know, the difference is in soccer is you run back and forth, and I don't know, maybe you get kicked or you're fouled, or you're, you're just sucking wind, but you make you know, you lose oxygen and you, your, your reaction time goes down and then you start to do stuff. And next thing you know, you flip and you're on your head. It's, it's much more important that mm -hmm. you're fit. And yeah. so guys would start to pass me and, and then all of a sudden I'd be finishing fourth and fifth. And I had to figure out that I had to literally go run and lift and do things just to like, you know, have power to hold on, yeah. not to fatigue and yeah. stuff like that. Just because as, as a, a young kid, these guys were smart enough. They knew they were, they were probably training. Right. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, what other? Uh, okay, about that time, some some of the historical tracks were closing. Moto tracks. Yeah. Did you get a chance to ride like Saddleback? I never did. Indian Dunes. Nope. No. 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 See, I did Indian Dunes as a kid. Okay. A little bit, but I never raced really. Yeah. But we would go out there and ride. Yeah. But I never did Saddleback or. Hear yeah. These guys talk about those places and. I, I heard a lot about Saddleback. Um, it's it's interesting because my dad always talked about it okay so he raced motocross and desert um i think that he was more of a desert racer mm -hmm. i i like to ride in the desert but i just didn't have any interest to go out there and race in the desert um, yeah. i was a motocross guy and i had the you know it's funny to talk about it is my dad rode saddleback and i see photos and i ride with warty mm -hmm. and and he w he must have been a legend at that place right. at the time um but you know, I never got to, and I can't imagine. I mean, basically, we're racing bikes out there right where it was at almost, right? right? right. And so it's like, man, that is so close like, yeah. to be right in Orange County and be able to go ride Yeah, moto. and there were, like, several parks, too. Like, O'Neill Park, I know, was down in Orange County, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. um, there's another one here in they had Diamond Bar. They have tracks at, at O'Neill area, too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really close to yeah. Saddleback. Yeah, they had tracks there, and so, yeah, yeah. there's, you know, there were... Back in the day, I mean, my dad talks about he was never a racer. He was always just a rider, and he always liked to just go do, like, hill climbs and things yeah. like that. But he would go to, like, four or five different places that were less than an hour, I mean, especially with traffic back then was minimal compared to what it is now. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, less than an hour, you could get to a riding spot, you know. Yeah. That would, yeah, that would be killer. It's crazy. I mean, that's the hard part is, is I mean, I'd love to 
be back on a bike again um you know just for fun even yeah. you know um i've always talked about it we had my, my kid we got him a bike for at one point and then when he grew up grew it it was at the point where i had to decide do i buy another moto for him and me because now i need to be able to he's going fast enough and far enough that i need to be yeah with him yeah um but it's tough because being here in orange county especially coastal where i'm at it's it's a, it's a bit of a drive yeah you know? and yeah and uh you know like when i was a kid there was one place that we really like to go i mean when i got my license i was the guy driving on the you know the pickup truck yeah and and we'd we shove two three bikes in the back with guys and we'd go out and just live in a, in a tent but we used to go and basically get off the 60 at beaumont yeah and and there's those radio towers that yeah. you see yeah we would you just drive to those radio towers and there's down inside there's like a little valley where somebody had made like a little their their own little motocross course yeah and it you know it was just fun enough for us that we'd go out there and spend the whole weekend just as you know and again i was the oldest one there 16 right and these other guys you know my buddy was 16 and another guy sal was 15 and we're out there the whole weekend out in the middle you know really it was kind of out and it felt like you were in no nowhere. right yeah but it's i'm sure it's all gone or not even you're not even yeah. allowed to ride up there right now because right. It, it's all expanded out there yeah so yeah. do you ever race carlsbad no, but I don't know, man. That track was I watched that track and if 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 it's the same as the Moto GP races that I watched when remember it was 500cc yeah. two stroke bikes yeah. and they would go flying up a hill, uh-huh. make a U-turn and fly down with these drops and I just remember O'Mara and Wardy and Rick Johnson and Danny Magoo. Magoo and Bailey. I mean all these guys. I was a big, big Bailey fan. Yeah. For some reason, the, the yeah. professor was he yeah. was my guy. Yeah. But I was a Honda guy, too. Yeah, yeah so. me too, back in the day. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Jo- Johnny O was my, my guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Osho. Guy, guy still <laughs> kills it on a bike. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, when's the last time you rode a moto? Ooh. Gosh. It's funny. So, uh, you know, when I turned, I don't know, probably 16, 17, I got a car. And then all of a sudden I lost interest mm-hmm. in uh, riding my dirt bike. It sat for a period. And then I was about to turn 18 and all, not all my buddies, but some guys were getting these like crotch rockets Yeah, and I wanted Ugh. one. So I took my dirt bike that had been just sitting in the garage and I took to Orange County Suzuki and said, Hey, you know, can you take this as trade in? And they used it as my down payment. I, I basically bought an, a GSX-R 750 as my first street bike mm-hmm. uh, rode that uh, for about a year or two, um, wasn't crazy on it. Like I wasn't out in the canyons carving up stuff. I was social. Um, I was down in Newport, you know, trying to trying to meet girls. <laughs> so. so that's why I, I got into the lowered trucks. I was into the mini trucks. Yeah, yes. same yeah. reason. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was into the car thing. I had a little CRX all fixed up from Jackson Racing, and I thought I was cool. And I went to spring break, and every guy had a girl go by on the back with a thong on. And I thought, what am I doing wrong here? For all this money in this car, and these guys are just picking up like that. So I went home and bought a street bike. <laughs> so Mike from Roy's Cyclery, him and Jay always laughed that they're still gonna they're gonna find an old Nissan or old Toyota, the small little one. Yeah, we're gonna cut, cut it that up thing and up. start making oh, yeah. making make mini truck and come back. I said, are you guys going to put the jacuzzi in the back? No. <laughs> I, I always was impressed with the ones that, ha- that made the dump truck. Oh, yeah. It. You know, I don't yeah. even know what you call that. But oh, like, yeah. all of a sudden, you see oh, yeah. like, I got the hydraulic bed. <laughs> like, yeah. The hydraulics yeah. got to be more than that, that truck cost new. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all that Dude. stuff that yeah. they put into that. You yeah. see them going down the freeway when we'll be traveling. I'm like, oh, there you go. You yeah. can make it out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Most of them are like gardener's trucks or something now. <laughs> 
it's got the sticker on the back still. It says yeah. low, low life or whatever. Yeah, local <laughs> finesse. Yes. All, Weekend all toys. All the clubs. Hey. Oh, man. We all had our thing, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I watched my brother go through it. So we, we talk about that. Like, I'm like, you're probably, I think they were, him and my brother were in the club at the same, same time. Club. Oh, same club. Because it would be like, you know, at the time, the, the mini truck clubs grew so fast. Yeah. So, you know, they're bringing in like, 30 new members a weekend and they didn't break <laughs> they didn't break it up in chapters until later but right. so it was weekend toys and so they all met at the in and outs and so we have this conversation i'm like you probably knew my brother yeah. like you know and then mike is is 10 years younger so he was like i was a little kid running around like you were dreaming through the bmx magazine yeah. he was like i'm gonna do this you know and so yeah. he started cutting up a car before he had a license so. wow <laughs> yeah. yeah funny yeah. funny small world though so, right? so you went to the street bike uh, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. Did you get the girl with the thong? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cannot kiss and tell. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, we had a lot of fun, right. you know, that's for sure. Um, and then, you know, um, I kind of outgrew that. And, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, you get out of high school, a little bit of time of college. But right around when I got out, I think it was around 90, 91, I got out of high school and um, a couple of my buddies got mountain bikes. And I had no, you know, I didn't have a bicycle at all anymore. Um, and they invited me to come ride. So I borrowed a bike. Um, so I borrowed a, uh, like a, a, what was it called? A rock hopper. Mm-hmm. Brand new bike, you know. And um, they took me out for a ride. And we went out to, uh, up off of Ortega. And I, we found some stuff. I, I was decent handling-wise because I grew up racing BMX ever since I was a little right. kid. And then moved into motocross. And so, like, going down a hill really fast to them was like, it, it wasn't as fast to me because you you get used to the speeds, mm-hmm. right? Just like I always think any guys that go to moto and then come to mountain bike, they just they just seem to fly downhill um, because the speeds that a 250 does and they're hitting these big jumps and stuff. So I think they're able to, to really kind of uh, adjust, you know, and right. be able to go so much faster. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I did that. Uh, I went out and rode that bike. Um, I broke it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I snapped the fork. Um, on the first ride, I walked. I had to walk the bike. Wait, you borrowed the bike and you broke it? I snapped it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There um, goes that. Uh, I, I had a. I had a blast. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I, I had a blast. Um, but you know what I did do is um, I took the bike. I ended up taking it to the shop, buying a new fork, having them put everything in, uh, replaced it, and started shopping for my first bike. And at that point, I knew in my mind I wanted a mountain bike. It's fully, probably fully rigid, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This this yeah, was yeah. a yeah. this was I'll tell you this was a chromoly bike, and it had the the chromy chromoly like type forks that went yeah like that had, had like, the little shape yeah yeah. And so when I when I landed, I came up short. Yeah. And I th- told these guys, oh, I bet you I could clear this, and they're like, Dude, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all stood there, and I came flying down the hill and what it was it was a berm but there was a creek on the other side and then there was a flat way out there and so you're supposed to go on the berm like this but i thought if you could come and just launch yeah. that berm um kind of like a windham deal like a transfer right so like uh and so i almost made it um but on the other side of the little ravine on the back side i landed flat and by landing flat like that it, the fork, the whole bike stopped. And the yeah. fork, which has already got that bend, yeah. just went it like that. It became a chopper. It just choppered. <laughs> it just I went straight down and over the bars. And, you know, I wasn't hurt at all. I just walked away and looked at the bike. I was like, oh, that, you know, that, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but uh well but, that's not good <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean it, it, that led to me buying my first mountain bike and uh 
you know, I loved it. I loved it. You know, I didn't have the fitness at first. It, uh, you know, I was sucking going uphill, and but I had enough skill that as I built fitness, that I my skill was, you know, definitely could keep up with the fitness. It was the fitness I needed. Yeah. And yeah. were you working at the time? You said school. What yeah. Were yeah. So I was I was going to school in Irvine, but uh, I, ironically too is um, I got too many speeding tickets. I was I was living in Irvine, <laughs> and I got rid of my car because I lost my license. They, you know, I just had too many speeding tickets. So I had this beautiful bike this mountain bike and i would take it to school and the even my cl- my instructors would see it and then it was you know back then 1991 yeah it was like literally i mean i don't even know what that would be equivalent to today but it was about 3600 bucks for this you know no wow. suspension bike yeah it was a client attitude oh yeah yeah yeah. i wish i still Cus- had th- custom paint job it had like the, the cool different colors yeah like, that was back when klein was doing all the oh my uh, gosh yeah, They're, yeah <laughs> it was paint jobs right um it was uh magenta yeah and fuchsia so yeah. imagine it was oh, like yeah. very 90s yeah. you know <laughs> i remember what when tinker start was racing on yeah Klein's, that's when i be like oh my gosh like those that's when I had. That's when I got it because he was the guy running. Yeah. He was running the. Is it called the Adroit? Yeah. Which was a carbon wrapped. Yeah. Aluminum bike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Tinker still wears some of those colors though. I know. I, I've seen yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tinker can run it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he can still kick any of our butt on yeah, bikes, so sure. we're good. <laughs> yeah. You have to lose even more weight to full, keep oh, it dude, full beast, full beast mode. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm done pedaling. We've been going for six hours. He's like, I'm just getting started, you know? Oh, yeah. Man, it was nuts. Okay, so you had the Klein. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was the beginning of it. I mean, I would tell you a funny, funny story is I was really into it. I was riding with another guy, uh, a friend of mine, this guy, John, John Gonzalez, and we'd ride around Irvine, Turtle Rock area, just find some trails to ride and stuff when we didn't drive away to go find trails or anything. And then John was an ex-BMX guy. He and I didn't race together or anything. I think John was a little bit younger than me. And, and then, um, when, one day he invites, he says, Hey, I'm, I'm going to invite my buddy Brian to come. Uh, he's a BMX guy. And he goes, he's like one of the best in the world right now. I'm like, and I'd been so out of it. I didn't even know who he was. So I'm like, okay, cool. So we take off, we go up to uh, Whiting Ranch and we do the ride. There's like six of us. This guy shows up in a little Honda with a, you know, mongoose on, on the roof and everything. And he introduces me real nice. So it was Lopes, right? Yeah. It was Brian. And um, so we take off into the hills and Lopes smoked all of us up the hill. Yeah. Get to the top and and I know like I'm like like okay I'm pretty good at the downhill I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke these guys yeah and so I take off oh yeah I don't say it right but you're, you're you're thinking it though and so you go down this hill and I get away from everybody but there's this one guy and I cannot get him off my wheel and I, I do some turns and they go you know a little faster I look over my shoulder he's still there and so finally I get to the point where I just let him go and I said oh, you go and then I just chased him but we got to the parking lot literally. Um, I don't know, five, 10 minutes ahead of the group from, yeah. from finishing the ride. And so we're just hanging out and I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, you're pretty fast on that thing. And he says, you know, it's, it's not really what I do, but you know, Mongoose gives me the bike and, um, you know, just to cross train and stuff like that. And I go, well, dude, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this thing called the amateur cup this summer. And it's like three races in big bear. And I said, you should really come up and try it, man. You know? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm out to check that out. And so I, every time I run into Lopes and we're at a bike event or doing something, I always go, I always just give him grief. And I go, yeah. remember when I got you started? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So here, here's my my favorite Brian Lopes story. So we're at Fog Fest, uh, yeah. the, the one that Eric Carter used to put on. And 
Brian shows up for the Fog Fest, and we, we're getting shuttled to a ride called Camp Nelson. It's like <laughs> an hour and a half shuttle from camp. Like, wow. it's way back in the Sequoias. Like, yeah. it's way up there in the hills. So we start, and Brian's like, why didn't why didn't I just get up early and ride to this trail? Like, it's about 45 minutes into the drive, he's like, yeah, I don't think I would have liked to run this, <laughs> but, but just that mentality, just like, yeah, he, like he's he's all for it, you know. He's yeah, like you know. Well, I would tell you, I've, I I haven't rode with Brian a lot in the dirt. Um, uh, later later in life, uh, ironically, I, I was Intense's first uh, uh, sales rep. Okay. And at the time, it was just after um, Palmer had almost won the worlds on the bike. You know, and, and, and shortly after that, I think everybody recognized that the M1 was the bike. Yeah. Um, back then there was just, wasn't a lot of, I mean, I remember Foes was a hot brand, mm -hmm. uh, here also from Southern California, but the intense, everybody was picking up on how well it worked and, and, uh, and not to mention it was just a really aggressive, cool looking bike mm -hmm. kind of ahead of its time. I thought, right. yeah. um, but anyway, I was really fortunate enough to, uh, hook up with Steber and, and literally my first outside sales job was intense and then the other brands came okay follow um but anyway yeah so he he and lee obviously got on him as as mongoose mm -hmm. and you know toby is like iron horse mm -hmm. uh, i think coley from khs mm -hmm. and then ultimately tomac he ended up coming from giant but they were all on m1s that were branded whatever the company was right. that was make paying their check um but you'd look on the stays and it, they still had the intense their logo on the back yeah and so um you know, I rode with them a little bit in the dirt, and I watched some things that he did that I just didn't even think were possible. Yeah. Um, and then we'd ride road, and it was hilarious. He's done some things on a road bike that I was just, like, scratching my head. I literally got off the bike and laughed at one point. Yeah. Because he he leaped something that I just – and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even hear the bike land. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember some of the, the early bike videos, you know, VHS tapes, watching the <laughs> yeah. – you know, before, before – um, even the moto stuff of crusty demons and stuff before that there was you know hans ray had come out and done some stuff but there was an old video of lopes and he's like on some bleachers or something like that and he's the first one i ever saw like he does this little hop where you know the rear wheel goes down first yeah and he just does so i'm like how'd he do that like it was just this little subtle move that yeah. all the kids do now but we're talking like 95, 96. Yeah. And on bikes that stuff. weren't built for it. Oh, yeah. The other and so, right? so, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty rad to, to see the, the stuff and the progression and, and all that. But, like, to be part of that early early part of our sport. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. It's funny. You talk about the progression and stuff like that, too. Because even to this day, the stuff I see on these videos or even on Instagram, and I'm, I'm watching these, uh, what do they call them, reels now yeah. and stuff. Both bike and moto, right? Yeah. Too, because the, oh, yeah. the, um, there's a guy now I'm watching too that from from um, the, the monster guy down down in San Diego. Axel Hodges. Axel. My son followed him. I didn't know who who he was. Oh my now gosh. I'm now I'm following him. And I'm just in awe of what the guy does. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. the just, bike goes backwards and you know, <laughs> oh, backwards and upside down. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just it's just absolutely crazy. I I just remember too. It's funny is when I was a kid, there was a guy in in on our BMX team older than me that we all looked up to. And he was fast, but he also knew there was always like street tricks because we weren't always on tracks as kids. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just riding. And some of us were fortunate enough to ride our, our race bikes. And like I had buddies that their parents just wouldn't let them. They, right. they had their thrashers and they had to ride their thrasher. Um, but anyway, 
Shannon was his name, and he, he taught us how to do these things. And as an older guy, it was great because he would actually help us. And I remember he taught me to ride my bike backwards. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, and, and, sit on the handlebars. Sit on the yeah. handlebars. And but, but when he did it, the hard part for me to learn was it took me is that um, – I didn't get off the bike and then get on and then do it. He would just, you know, you put your feet, foot on one side on a pedal and then you step across and you're, you never so stop. while moving. While moving, you, you just make the move and you go to the bars. And then on the bars, I could like do a thing where you could like kind of lean back and then almost do like a rear wheelie because yeah. with your weight and stuff. And so my friends were always thought, well, that's really cool. So cut to my kid. We live in a cul-de-sac. He gets a new BMX bike and they're all out there and we're all riding together. And then, you know, they're like, hey, you know, Mr. Nelson, can you can you ride a wheelie? And I'm like, sure. And I throw a wheelie because I'm, I'm an okay wheelie rider, you know. And and uh, you know, they're like, oh, man, your dad, you know. And then, uh, Tristan then I, has the cool dad. So, so then I hold my beer and watch this. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I'm big in, like, you know, the 50s crowd and the below 10. But... <laughs> So, I'm I'm really big. Do you know who I am? Oh, you're, only, you're only 30. Never mind, you don't. I lose those people. <laughs> yeah. So, wait a minute. Did you do that trick? I did. I did. And so, the kids were in awe because like, today, they don't, you know, I don't know what the trick is on, on Xbox that they're doing or whatever. <laughs> they're not seeing people outside yeah. riding a bike backwards. They're not seeing people doing, yeah. you know, a uh, bar spin. They're not, you know what I mean? It's different. At least, I'm thinking least I'm going to get a BMX out bike, and I want to see you do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw it up on the next one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think I'm we ready. have Chris as a regular now. Oh, so that's awesome. I'll, that's come out, I'll come out with my Super Dave Osborne outfit. Then. Nice. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Right? Perfect. Oh, my gosh. We got our own personal evil Knievel here. <laughs> oh, oh man. my God. Okay. So, uh, so you got the Klein, and you're... Uh, rocking a sweet bike early 90s yeah and you get to some amateur cups yeah i did some amateur cups um you know just fun stuff yeah. um it was it probably wasn't until um gosh i don't know i, I was probably 20 21 it, w- it probably wasn't until later in life like maybe 25 or so i started going to cactus cup okay doing stuff and i don't know if you remember did you did you ever go to the cactus cup yeah, I, I, I did one but i used to do a series the california series michael epstein michael epstein did you do those Bud light yeah i, I raced that too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you like i remember Bud what was okay <laughs> but like it was but light series right, I what, remember that. so what, what was your favorite venue that he did Ooh, that that, or I, that, I, that you did well at um well you know it, it started and ended back then at castaic yep and and i wouldn't say that it was a super exciting one but i did okay at castaic okay. um I, there was one year we did, so like I did Orinda. I don't know if you ever did the East Bay, as humid as it could be. Um, I did that race, but I, the race course, for some reason, I remember, and it was considered San Jose, but it's up on that big, the famous mountain climb in, out there. Yeah. And um, it, it was it was a really cool course, and it was mountainous, um, just really pretty, and, and I liked it. I liked yeah. that course. But, you know, it, it, it depends. I think because of my size, and you were probably the same as, as bigger guys, at least in the cycling world, yep. um, that, you know, I like a course where it's a power course usually. Yeah. Um, if it's a really steep climbs yeah. constantly, um, they're going to get me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why. So he did a race. At, I think he did it two years in a row at Santa Fe Dam. So I don't know if like, I did that one. Like maybe twenty feet of elevation gain. Oh it's wow! Flat. Yeah. Gravel and flat. So wow. And so I said. So the first year I did it, it was horrible because of the dust. 
Like he took off from oh. the start. I mean, you can imagine a flat course. The speeds were like yeah. 20 miles an hour plus for yeah. most of the race. Yeah. And Santa Fe Dam is in Irwindale between the, the 57 and the 65. Yeah, right there by the brewery. Okay. Where, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we take off, and the first year, like, the dust killed me. I'm just, like, choking on dust the whole time. I got, like, fifth place, and I was stoked with fifth. Yeah. But, so the next year I come out, pre-COVID days, right? This is way back when. I, I come out with a mask. And oh, people, yeah. people are laughing. Yeah. They're laughing and laughing. I say, yeah, you think it's funny. <laughs> I wore the mask for about the first minute of the race. I had zero dust. I went off the front. I was gone. Oh, you got the dust from being with everybody riding. Yeah, because, I mean, back in those days, we yeah. would have 90 people on the start line in it your was, class, in yeah. your age category. Yeah. 90 people. Oh, so you just ate everyone's dust. Oh, my God. It was horrible. So it wasn't dust from being the industrial area there. No, it was, it was dust, from, dust the from the riders. dust from the riders. And so, yeah, so yeah. I, I wore, I wore a, a dust mask for about the first minute of the race. I lost that thing. <laughs> Use that, and he tosses it. Right? I had suckers. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had fresh lungs. I was good <laughs> to go. Awesome. But I, one guy ended up beating me. But like we were gone from the rest of the back. So that was my favorite course. But do yeah, you have a the, you have a double mask? <laughs> <laughs> face shield. And <laughs> he, he had the blow up thing. And <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. So so anyhow, so that ended up being not that it was my favorite course. It ended up being my favorite race because I did well at it. Because I'd go to other places and do exactly what you said. That's what like. happens though, right? Yeah. Is if you do well somewhere, you like it. And yeah. You know, because rarely have I said, oh, this, this course is amazing. I love it. And I suck at it. Oh, if I took you to Santa Fe Dam, you'd be like, yeah. you had a bike race here? Well, dude, I, from mountain, I later went into road. And it's funny because I always say, like, I, I lived in the wrong places. If I was in Florida, I would have been a state champion. <laughs> yeah. Is, flat as can be oh we got a hill climb coming up I I remember (laughs) in BMX some parents moved and I'm like why are you moving they're like oh because he can be nag one over there like you're moving because your kid can be nag one versus nag 40 in California okay good competition like you know what I mean (laughs) yeah you know but the parents who live through their kids you know whatever All right. yeah Michael Epstein yeah, those, are, yeah. Good, those yeah. are good times. Those were, those were. Did you ever, did you ever end up at uh, Laguna Seca up there for for one of the races? Yeah, because I remember they they did that. That's another great course yeah. too. Is is yeah. uh, doing that? I don't even think I've ever done Sea Otter. I did Sea Otter a couple a couple of races, but it was when I was doing a road thing. Oh, okay, and it's a rough time on yeah. the road there. Yeah, so I was debating because sea otter's <laughs> coming up in a few weeks so i yeah. was like so i've done the enduro there why you start this oh, conversation Chris? Well, but yeah because so the enduro is the first event of the whole week okay so it's on thursday it's early yeah and so it's like i, I like to go and get it out of the way and it's super peddly it's like a it's that, like that's it's, probably good it's, for you though no it's now it is but yeah. yeah it's five five stages and it's kind of a, a longer day on the bike yeah so i don't mind doing that and then the downhill race is on sunday so i have all this time in between i'm like I'm going to go do the cross country this year. <laughs> so I started talking. I'm like looking at the courses and they have a 50 miler. And I'm going, I'm going to kill myself on Saturday. Is that, is that like a marathon version of their course though? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Cause I would yeah. say that's really long for a regular XC. Yeah. Race. And so I'm, so they have a 25 mile and they have a 50 mile. Okay. And I was thinking I'm going to do the 50 miler. And then I decided against it. Cause I actually want to try to win the downhill race this year. Yeah. Usually I'm focused on everything else and it's like, Oh yeah, I'm racing downhill. Yeah. So this year I'm like, okay, maybe I'll focus on the downhill and see if I can actually like 
Last year was my my best finish in downhill there. After, what, 15 years of racing there, I got third. Yeah, he's always mad. He goes, I've been doing this forever, and I'm never on the podium. And then we bring out kids that's on the podium their first year, like Trevor Mejia. Like, I got a jersey in the bowl. You know, the gold. He's like, I've been doing this for how long, you know? So, yeah. And so his brother even told him, you're going to kill yourself. You're not going to do good. You're going to be mad that you put in all this effort in cross country right. and you have nothing left for downhill. So yeah. I made up my mind, all right, I'm going to I'm going to just do downhill. See, and so. I don't have the competitive bone in me like I'll race, but I'm not I don't care if I'm on the podium or not. There's so many people that just ride their bike all the time and I get on it here and there. So I just make it down the course, sometimes without a shoe, but I make it down the course. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes are optional. Yeah, she blows her shoe off mid-run. I did a G out across the little road there, did a G out, and landed, and my shoe came off, only because I wear my slippers, so that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, she might as well be wearing well, these. I know yeah, somebody. I'll get you I, some shoes. <laughs> it's not that I didn't have shoes. I just wear them where I can slip them on and off, just like my helmet. It comes off, because I always get them before, so there's certain things. So, anyways. Shoes and helmets. Yeah, they're not important things for kids at, kids, at ho- kids at home under 18. My Please it, disregard all this. Mind you, I wore flats that have pins. Okay, okay. so... Clip-ins, I think, would have been a lot easier to finish the race on. I didn't stop, get my shoe. I kept going. Okay. On pins. <laughs> she didn't stop for the shoe. No. 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 Oh, my gosh. She would have been yelled at. Yeah, I had yeah. a whole team there yeah. watching me because I hadn't showed up in a while. Like, normally for Sea Otter, everywhere else in the world, they put the beginner women um, last. Okay. And then, they, you know, so, or no, yeah. And so, this one, yeah. they went first. And so... Like one year, Kevin Small was like, Lala, you go off in three minutes. I'm like looking at the hill over there and I'm still in the pits. I'm like, well, I'm not racing. The next year I signed up. I'm like, I don't feel like I missed that one too. Like whatever. Lost my shirt in the porta potty, my jersey. Because <laughs> it was hot. Sure, shirts are optional too. You need, to, you need to come to Sea Otter. You're in charge of Lala. <laughs> so it is. Yes. At least her, her apparel. Full time job. Yeah. So. I'm like, okay, so I didn't do that one. So this is the first time I, like, decided I was going to race, like, after all these years. And still heavy. Putting on knee pads, you know, it was it's hard. Like, things, it's just not comfortable to put on the race clothing when you're big anyways, you know. So anyways, I go, all right, I'm going to do this. So I go up there. I have everyone watching me now. Like, everyone knows I came out of retirement to do this. <laughs> and I lose my shoe. I get to the bottom. And then the girls are like, what happened? I'm like, I lost my shoe. They're like, and you finished and of course that's that the bottom part where all the little jumps are yeah. so every time you're landing on your pedal new pokes are going oh. i had a million no lie bruises on the bottom of my foot the next day purple marks from all the pins on my Sh- shimano saint pedals because of course <laughs> i use all the pins oh my god but then jay and ozzy from Canada at the time went and got my shoe from the and the emt guy there says <clears throat> Yeah, why didn't she stop? They're all she had a whole team that would have kicked her ass. That's awesome. <laughs> so they brought me my shoe. I was like, "You actually finished?" I'm like, "I'm good. I didn't do too bad. I beat like six other ladies that time hey, too." She didn't win, right? No, no but I waved to people. But, I'm good. But you you definitely landed like the hardcore trophy. Yeah, and she didn't get. You last. know what I mean? She didn't get last either. No. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, I think that was the first year I beat somebody. I think if I race this year, I'd do a little bit better just because I have a little bit more energy being thinner. Yeah, yeah. but. I don't know if I want to race. I like. I don't. I'm the one in Fontana when people say hi, Lala, during my race run. I'm waving. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't have your guys' competitiveness, but I like riding my bike. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, what was your? Let's take you. So, what was your first job that you had? My first job. Um, adult job or yeah. first yeah, job? Adult job. 
gosh, I still I'm still looking for it, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I still play in the bike industry. Um, gosh, what was? Well, I would tell you one of, one of the first things I remember is um, in Irvine. I worked for In and Out. And I really? think we I think somebody you mentioned that uh, earlier, but I worked there, um, and again because I had lost my license and just decided to ride my mountain bike, um, I would go to school on the mountain bike, and I would go to work on the mountain bike, and everywhere I'd go, I'd just go on that little that little flashy Klein. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was my car. Yeah, you probably had a good lock. No, <laughs> that was what I was trying to say is when I was going to school, some of my instructors would say, do you want to bring that thing inside? Because yeah. they would just look at it and realize, like, you know, you probably want to lock that up. And I'm like, nah, I really don't want to lock it up. And I brought it in, to, in and out, and it would stay in the back room and everything. But yeah. that, was, that was my transportation for you a while. You were in and out for how long? Two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, two and a half years. Great company to work for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, my kid loves those burgers. And he goes, Dad, I think I want to work here someday. And I said, this is a great first job. Heck, yeah. So I grew up in Ballin Park. And so we had, you know, yeah, right really there was Snyder's, Snyder's Meat Company and then In-N-Out. And then that's where, and then, so I seen the headquarters being built when I was growing up. There, yeah. Because my high school was right around the corner from there. And so, yeah. yeah, pretty trippy, right? Like, and it's great. And then, actually, one of my customers was the one who raises the cattle for their meat. No kidding. Yeah. And so that yeah. was like a whole, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's funny. So when I, when I went to work for him. I was just a fan of the burger, right? Yeah. And, and I'd heard that they paid okay mm -hmm. as a kid, too, because, you know, I was going to get paid yep. minimum wage anywhere I went. So um, they were opening this new store right by the college. And I went in, and I just turned in an application. They hired me. And then on opening day, they had trained us all. And then opening day, they had us. And then they had what they call these all-stars, which are they, they go around and help train every right. store. And they're the people that really know the job, right? These, they're they're. I don't know if they're lifers, but they're probably in in it, and that's really their their main thing. So, yeah, I did I did that I did that um, opened up that store. It was called Store Sixty Seven. It was I don't even know what number they're on now. Um, they've got so many, but back then it was pretty it was a pretty cool deal. Is um, they ended up buying the big tower next to it and making that their corporate office. And so I really think now Sixty Seven is like their home store because all the people corporate are basically a walk from the building to to store 67 so they're probably in there quite a bit we got a visitor of hey. huck, huck, huck's making his uh, huck and ride appearance <laughs> no Somebody, that's awesome though. happy so do you know you you'd be making a lot more money if you would have stayed working for them just so you know <laughs> <laughs> don't don't rub it in <laughs> but yes i do i mean i knew what my manager worked for at the time and back then you know we're talking i went to work for him in 91 so um he was making a great income i thought as a kid i was looking at it going wow that's really cool you know no they definitely make it where once you're there and you're, yeah. you're loving it it's it's a, it's a job it's a it's a career it's, it's funny because both my um my niece and my nephew both work for them now Oh, oh wow. yeah, they there work in a store in Corona right near like Do you go uh, tell them don't leave just <laughs> you know it's funny i i mean i I don't tell them anything to do with it but uh, but we always talk about the company and and uh stuff when we're like when we have holidays and we're all together mm -hmm. I ask them how things are going at work and even ask them if they know my manager because he went on to work corporate and become like district and I don't even know what he does there now, but Pat's been there forever so you know, it's a good career for somebody if that's you know yeah. that's yeah. something you want to be yeah. involved with. I mean, um, there's only so many companies out there. I mean, I think I think I told you too. It's like I worked for Oakley right for almost a decade, and and in the time when I worked for Oakley, and it was kind of the old boy school Oakley, um, but it was it was a great company to work for as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, okay, so in and out. Then what job? I want to um, know what landed you <laughs> into Oakley. Like, how did 
you know, like what did you do to? Oh, yeah. Because that's so, where I officially yeah. met you is you were an Oakley rep. And yeah, I mean, I, you gave me some time of the day when you'd come in the store. But, uh, you know, geez. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get the same thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, no. So I, I worked for In-N-Out for a couple of years and then I went to work for a computer company and they were it was it was not my world um, but it was it was a great opportunity to work for these guys and it was just a, a, a lower level job but the idea was is they were willing to pay for my education so I was I was going there and they were paying for school um, but I also um, was racing bikes and so that was really my passion right and and um, I ended up doing like I said I was doing cactus cup and going traveling around and doing some races and really enjoying riding the mountain bike and then I think my first job offer kind of came in a roundabout way as I rode with a guy named Dan White. You know, you know Dan White of White, Brother, White okay. Brothers, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. motocross. Um, so uh, Dan, Dan lived in Orange County, and I rode with him and his son Fritz, and we would travel and do some races to get together and stuff. And Dan, of course, you know, was part owner, half owner of the White Brothers uh, Industries, and they were um, launching a fork. And so when I would ride with them and stuff, he had mentioned to me that they were doing this, but they had all these in-house guys that handled watercraft, Harley, and then dirt bike and all the different, uh, they had like a big catalog for each one of these categories. Mm -hmm. They were going after bike and they were really the company White Brothers and another company called Reese. I mm -hmm. think it was. R-I-S-S-E. I think that, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So they, they had come out with cartridges because the fork in the day that was like the first really cool fork for cross country. And they even made a DH version that really yep. isn't DH yeah. to today's standards, yeah. um, was with these rock shock forks, but they all had like a plastic cartridge and they would heat up and then when they would heat up, they would expand and then you'd lose oil. Yeah. And so what they did is they made these like aluminum cartridges that stayed consistent all the time They you know, the heat didn't affect them. Um, and sure, you know, if you probably put them on a scale, maybe it was a couple ounces yeah. heavier than the plastic ones that were being used, but they took that technology and decided they were going to run make a fork. And they were working with another company that manufactured these forks. And so they were coming out with the white brothers fork. And they were really going to have a catalog of accessories now from their cartridges to their, all these different forks um, with different lengths of suspension and so on. Right. Um, but they didn't have, really have an in-house bike geek. Um, so, like, you know, when you called in, they had guys that knew Moto. They had guys who knew Harley. And then the other guys that knew ATV and Watercraft and stuff like that. Um, but Dan was a bike guy, but they, they didn't have any employees. So they, they basically uh, hired me to come in and work. Um, Oh, wow. That's kind of their in-house bike geek, I would say. That's awesome. So though. it was great. So I, I did that, and it was funny. It was a, it was a, an opportunity, and I didn't even see it. Right? Yeah. So I came in there, and I worked. I worked, and I had to commute in from, from a ways because they were out by your Belinda. This is pre-toll roads, and, mm -hmm. and everything. And so um, I would commute from like Aliso Viejo and come in every every morning and, and do the job. And um, then they had their first interbike coming up, and I'd never been to interbike, you know, or. I'd heard about it and saw pictures of it in the magazines in the old, you know, back right. in the day. Um, so I, things got really busy because our fork was just launching and we'd had brands that wanted to have our fork on their display bikes. And one of them was intense. And so I literally was at White Brothers for six months and then we had a show. I helped Steber out, made sure that he got bikes. We, I literally went out to the warehouse and made sure his forks 
went out UPS and watched him go because he it was like last minute and mm-hmm. he needed these forks on the bikes. Um, and then when I got to the show, it was great. I shook a lot of hands, went over and saw Steber, made sure everything went okay. And then that's where I just made a lot of connections there. And that's really where my first job offer came from as an independent rep in the bike industry. And I left, I left White Brothers. Wow. So you, you just landed that and just stayed an independent rep. I did. Well, it's funny. So I did the independent rep thing probably from like 96 um, to 2000 just into 2000, just before 2001. So I probably did it for at least a little over a half decade. And in that time, you know, I did Intense. Um, uh, I did a few other brands. I did Bianchi as a road bike brand um, and worked for Axo. Colin and those guys. Oh, yeah. Colin, Colin I forgot about yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I did all that. Uh, so, I, you know, I probably had like five or six brands. And one of them was, um, was Spy Optics. And... When I, when I went to work for Spy, um, you know, I came in and I wanted I wanted Oakley, of course. We all wanted Oakley. But everyone told me in the industry, oh, you got to wait for somebody to die. And then th- <laughs> maybe you can get in and get a job because it was just such a big company. And, and it was uh, so well known just from, from everybody in the industry and, and uh, something we all wanted to work for. Sought right? after, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, ultimately... Um, I wouldn't work for Spy because it was this new company and it had a bunch of great athletes like McGrath and Palmer and uh, the Petties and right. people from all these. And I just kind of paid attention to that and was like, man, these guys are all leaving Oakley and going over there. Something's going on. And so I kept bugging the manager to hire me and I'd, I'd go in and see him and we'd talk and then we'd kind of communicate for a week or two and I wouldn't hear anything. And finally he just called me one day and just said, come in and get your samples you know, I give up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so they they gave me samples, and uh, you know, I remember like I was so excited. I, I took my sample case and drove straight to Supergo and opened up Supergo, which was all these you know big doors at the right. time. Yeah, and uh, I did pretty good. I opened up, you know, like I think they, it was like thirty three doors, um, but they're all like in Oakley's backyard, right? Because I'm in their territory. And then finally, uh, the one person I knew at Oakley called me one day and said, hey, man, come in and take a tour and let's catch up and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So um, I came in. They gave me this, you know, the whole tour. It's like you're like, wow, you know, you sit in the theater and, you know, it's like 300-seat theater. They were buttering you up, huh? Oh, it was cool. It was, I, I had no idea how <laughs> clueless I was, right? I'm like, and then we, we look at the basketball courts and the the, you know where they produce everything in the back because they literally made everything right there yeah um, and so uh, I went through the whole place and and then we get done and we walk in and he goes hey let's go hang out in here and we go into this boardroom and there's two other guys in there seat- seated and Ben sits down and goes look we want you to come work for us and so they they, they basically just said um, I said well I'm you know I'm an independent and I work for all these brands and they said resign from spy and keep everything you're doing and we're fine with that. So uh, th- that was really how I got to Oakley was, you know, you just got to open up doors to piss them off to then hire you. <laughs> <laughs> show, show them that you could do it in their own yeah. back door, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. And on that, we're going to go to commercial. Yeah. Because th- from this point forward, we're really going to get serious. This has been fun. But I, this is when I met Chris, and I adore our friendship all these years. So we'll go from there. So, and we're out. How much thought have you put into your mountain bike suspension? Most riders set the air pressures, and that's the last time they ever think about it. But why not make the most of the technology inside your bike's fork and shop? 
The crew at Trail Tune Suspension can help you dial in your ride with factory-level service and tuning, complete with data acquisition equipment to really analyze your needs based on your skill, speed, height, weight, and riding locale. Fast turnaround times, competitive pricing, and free return shipping inside of Southern California make the Trail Tune Suspension crew the obvious choice to get your ride dialed in. Support local homegrown businesses. Check them out at trailtunesuspension.com. And we're back. We are back. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mr. Uh, or not Mr. Kenda, for sponsor for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, uh, go to Huck and Ride Thirty. Uh, is your discount code on Kenda's website? Also, uh, Trail Tune Suspension. Thank you for keeping all the riders out there dialed in on their suspension. And he's local. Give him a shout out. Go uh, u- utilize him. Get your bike ready for the summer. I always like his uh, his Instagram post. You see these shocks that it's like haggard. Six six years. <laughs> I don't think they've ever touched their suspension. Right, and this guy gets the suspension and has to rebuild it, and it's just like <laughs> the grease is black. You know, you might black. you might you might want to think about it like. At least once a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're sure. back with Chris Nelson. Yep. So this is, so we're to the point where he starts working for Oakley. Obviously you left Spy and you did go for Oakley because yep. that's where I met you from. You've yeah. seen you all the time. So how long were you with Lo- Oakley? Uh, well, ironically, I was only with them as a rep for about two years. Um, they hired me as a rep, but only as a bike specific. So I had a few other accounts that were thrown my way, but really because all my brands in the bike were bike industry. And so uh, I think I was one of their first reps they ever hired that was channel specific, where they hired me. And my job was just not to see a whole territory, if regardless of what kind it was. If it was like, you know, an optometrist or if there was a surf shop or moto shop, I was bike only. And so I saw the bike shops, um, but they started bringing me in for meetings about bike and asking me more questions. And if, if you know the history of Oakley, um, Jim Gennard, who started Oakley, he was a moto guy. And so his first product was a grip, right? And so from grips um, back in the 70s, um, it, it then later went into goggles. And then the goggle became this kind of sunglass that looked like a goggle. And then when it was really put on the main stage, I think it was back in the, probably in, it wasn't until the end of the 80s, into the 80s when Le Mans mm-hmm. wore them in the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, it was really, I think, a goggle that, or a glass that maybe a lot of people were using for, for snow skiing, mm-hmm. uh, for, for eye protection. And he wore it on the bike. And it's changed everything because if you look at a lot of the photos prior to then, not everybody wore glasses. And yeah. now, now it's like there's no way anybody rides a, a bike in the tour and doesn't own have like, you know, yeah. glasses. Right. You know. So, yeah. So um, anyway, that was that was uh, my two years as a rep. But they started bringing me in, asking me lots of questions. And they they wanted to bring me in as a channel manager to run bike for Oakley. Um, but as a public um, publicly traded company, they had to basically forecast for this new position, this new department, and what they were going right. to do. And they were trying to get back to their roots. Um, and then in the meantime, a job uh, came open. The, the same person that had hired me originally had moved on to national accounts and managed a bunch of big national accounts. And then ultimately, they needed to hire for that position. And he suggested they hire me for his job. And then it could possibly a transition as if they end up making this bike 
this new bike brand manager um, uh, position available, um, I'd already kind of know how Oakley worked internally. Oh, and wow. So... Um, Setting took, you up for success for sure. Yeah, that was the idea. Um, but I ended up I ended up taking the job and came in and ran national accounts. Um, so I I didn't have a territory. I just ran uh, uh, big box accounts, and there were guys that ran like uh, department stores when we started to get into like uh, Nordstroms, Macy's, and stuff like that. Um, and I I ran I I was really this kind of the sporting goods guy because I ran everything that had to do with sports, and it went from everywhere from uh, REI. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods, Sport Chalet, Champs Finish Line, Hibbit Sports, um, anything that was sports related. Yeah. And I flew all over the country for them for eight years almost, um, more, doing doing that position. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Was, so, uh, was, was back in, I know, like, I want to say Colorado has them. I think Texas has them too. I don't know where. Shields? Yes. Yeah. I love those stores. So it was funny. Is <laughs> I, I, I remember at one point, I think they went into Shields, but it wasn't when I was there because it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, and it might have also been regional too, mm-hmm. was in le- depending on the size. Um, we had a couple of accounts that should have been regional that I did manage. Um, and one was a great company. It was a local company called Chick Sporting Goods. Yep. And they were not that big compared to most of my business. Right. Um, because they were only regional. They didn't go to other states and so on, um, like a Champs or a Finish Line, which is yeah. everywhere. Um, but they were they were local, and they were just great to work with. And I think they did a, a fantastic job in their stores. Yeah. 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 I just said Shields because my daughter lives literally next door to one in oh, Colorado yeah. Springs. Yeah. And I'd never, I'd never <laughs> been to it. And so when I went and visited her, I'm like, there's a Ferris wheel in this place. <laughs> so it's, pr- it's pretty big. Inside. Oh, it's gigantic. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like the Bass Pro Shops of yeah. sporting goods. It's funny. You know? I, I manage them too. Bass? I try to, to go to Springfield, Missouri every time to nice. see them. But uh, that, that's a toy store too inside. Oh yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You yeah. spend hours in these places. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I would get bored. I'm like, okay, we'll do this. Move on. <laughs> Okay, so still living in California? Uh, yes. Working for, for part, Oakley? For, yes. And then... Uh, well, we're not moving to Texas yet. Oh, we're going to back moving, up. Yeah. So mm. in this time, I get a phone call. <laughs> and because, I mean, you're a, good, you're a good dude. Everyone liked you in the industry. Um, all the reps knew everybody. I knew all you guys. Um, get a really horrific phone call one morning. And... Uh, Cause I answered the phone. I don't even think cell phones are maybe, you know, I don't, I, they were around, but it was just calling the store and you're in the hospital. Yeah. I think honestly, I think out of all the reps, <laughs> I don't know. Cause you made the, t- you took the time to talk to me. Like you were, I wasn't just a worker. So I, there was a very handful of you guys that actually took the time to talk to me. And I, you know, I'm a, woman in a male industry at the time and I just wanted to learn everything, you know? Yeah. So I've been to a couple inner bikes with you. Yep. So I mean I know who you are. I work we're, we're close, like, you know, but that phone call, I don't even think I can function the rest of the day because I didn't know news. No. And so Jay hasn't heard the story, yeah. so this no. is gonna be interesting for him. Sorry, I'm I know yeah. I'm gonna get tears because what, what year I, 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 what I was year just, was this? Uh oh four. Oh four. Oh four. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. phone call comes from, from other reps. Yeah. He's in the hospital. Go ahead and explain to us what happened the night before. Uh, um, well <laughs> uh well I was working at Oakley and uh uh yeah, it's funny. Like this 
my accident is probably more famous than most of the things I've done yeah. on the bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get the five foot trophy on this one. No. I'll make no. one. Yeah. Hey, I got one at my store. I'm just gonna rechange the the badge on it for you. Okay? <laughs> there you go. You'll get your five just foot put, trophy. Put some duct tape and my name on it. Yeah, and I'll, there you go. I'll, I'll receive it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So I I. You know, pre this was before the Texas thing you were mentioning, yep. but um, I was working at Oakley one day and I just left in the afternoon, like, you know, a little early. It was probably left about 4.30 in the afternoon. I was going to head to the gym and get a workout and I had a, a first date to get to that night, you know. It was Really important stuff. It, yeah, so I was I was excited and, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, I think it was like in May and I remember... Uh, I took the toll road home, and um, I was in a horrible accident. Ended up, I was I was going a little bit faster than I should be, um, and went through this little tunnel turn that kind of takes you from the 241 into the 133, and the car came around on me. And when it did, um, I didn't hit anything in the tunnel as I came out of it, um, I, which I thought was good, but probably would have been better just to hit the tunnel because it would have scrubbed some speed as well. Yeah. Um, but I ended up hitting a light pole. Uh, those ones that are just right on the edge of the of the freeway, and um, and as I hit the light pole, um, I was rotating uh, counterclockwise in the sp- in a spin at a high speed, and then it hit the light pole. The light pole broke away, um, and it smashed the car toward me from the passenger side. Of course, I was alone, um, and and then rotated uh, in back clockwise going down the road until it finally came to a stop about, I don't know, maybe 50 yards or more down after the light pole. So, um, but in, in doing that, when it hit the light pole, it, it, it somehow hit the fuel tank. Um, and when the fuel went all over the motor, um, the flame came through the car um, and hit me. And so, um, somehow, you never knocked out. You were not unconscious no, ever. No. Okay. I was, I was just uh, hanging on tight and, and uh, it was weird. It was a, a lot of stuff happened really fast, but it's amazing how many things I literally methodically like was thinking about in that time. And I still remember like, okay, this is a moment. And I remember like literally when I was in it, um, I thought to myself, this is the moment I either die or I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Like there was like this, and then somehow I remember that. Were you thinking like, man, I wish I still had that Klein? <laughs> <laughs> Jay's breaking up the monotony right there. Oh, I do for that client right then. (laughs) Oh, rigid client. Oh, man. Okay. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, you know, just you're engulfed in flames. Yeah. So, I was on fire in the car um, and I knew it. And so, once that happened and I knew that the car wasn't, was coming to a stop, but it was still sliding down the road. I just went through my mind, like, you know, hey, soon as this car stops, I've got to eject the seatbelt, get out, and put myself out, because I'm on, I, I can feel my body burning, and um, and so the car came to a stop, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful, I mean, sure, I was in a, I, I was in an accident, um, you know, now I'm, there's a fire, I'm getting burnt, but it was, it was fortunate, one, that I didn't hit the car on my side, because what I was going through my head is get ready for impact, and if you are going to hit something on my side, be ready to move. You, I don't know if that's even, you know, yeah, it comes yeah, so fast. Yeah, I don't right. know. But, but these are the thoughts that are my, going through my head is protect your head. And, and, um, and so when, when it impacted it, it impacted on the other side, which would have been, you know, could have been fatal just to be on that side of the car. Um, and then also the door was crushed in from that side. So that door no longer opened, but my door was perfectly fine. I mean, there was a wow. fire inside the car, but um, my door opened fine. My my uh, seatbelt ejected immediately. 
I opened the door. Um, there was probably the, the, the worst moment of the whole accident that I, I always remember is that the minute I opened the door was the worst moment because I, it's a s- small cockpit of a, of a car. And when you open the door, um, it fed all the oxygen outside and I already had flames on me. So I literally felt my body kind of like, like just, just ignite, ignite more. It was like the oxygen really fed it when that door opened. Wow. And, um, and I remember that. And then at that moment I just, you know, dove toward the ground like hard and rolled and rolled and rolled until I finally came up and I was, I wasn't on fire, wasn't burning. Um, but I had lost, uh, I think they said 35% of my skin. Um, on my body. He remembers, remember, tell me how you remember looking at your arm. Yeah. So that, that, the, the, probably the hardest part was, I mean, imagine here I am probably 33, 34, uh, at the time. Um, and, uh, single in Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. On the way to a first date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, uh, uh, I got up and, you know, everything hurt. Everything. I mean, the, I was, I was probably in shock. Um, but I stood up and I wa- walked back toward the freeway because I was in the median, which is like a bunch of like dry grass yeah. that is now catching on fire from my, where my car, had pa- the path the car had gone in was catching everything on fire. And um, I'm walking to the edge of the freeway and the first vehicle, was finally a vehicle pulling up and they're just looking at me like this look. Yeah. I remember just the look that the that zombie the, walking down the freeway basically. Yeah. And, wow. um, and so I was burnt uh, everywhere. I mean, like lost, you know, a lot of my hair. Um, my, my face was burnt really bad. Burns came through the back of the seat and burnt my back. That I still have scars from, uh, burnt my arms, burnt my legs from the shorts down. Um, so I had a, a lot of burns. Um, but, uh, when I got up, um, the, my right arm was the worst and I would say my arms in general were probably the worst. And that's where they had to go in and do skin grafts and, and redo my arms completely. Um, but the, uh, arm on the right side from where my t-shirt was down, um, it had burnt so bad that my skin had just fallen off like a chicken skin almost. Um, and the only reason it was still on my body is that as it slid down my arm, like from just melting away, it was stuck at right where your hand gets big after your wrist. And so my, my entire, uh, right arm was hanging below my wrist, all of the skin. And I, and as bad as that looked, right. And as, as bad as it hurt, my face hurt more because I think the face is just um, thinner, and you've got all the nerves Sinister, and stuff yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah. As that the um, that my face was just burning so bad, and so I looked at my arm and thought, "Wow," because I don't know what it looked like, right? But I imagine seeing my arm that my face was completely destroyed as well. Um, so, yeah, they that was uh, that was the accident. I got to the edge, and it wasn't long after that that um, they they literally had shut the freeway down both ways um partly because i think the median was completely on fire and the fire department had to come and get everything put out um and then from that point um they were trying to land a helicopter on the 133 freeway or yeah the 133 to try to get me to uci Mm -hmm. and they had a burn unit there and uh, i was just really fortunate there was an ambulance driver on the call and he had, I remember while they were working on me on the pavement of the freeway, like literally right in the middle of the, imagine the freeway is empty and I've got all these guys working on me. And the ambulance driver saying to the guy at the head of the department there or the fire department saying, um, I can get this guy to Western Med quicker than you can land that copter and get him to UCI. And the guy looked at him and said, do it. And so, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, I'm telling you, I. Yeah. So we only hear part of it, and 
oh my god i could cry right now because chris meant a lot to me because when a lot of reps were in teaching chris would he would like i said yeah he'd he come took in the, and he took the time he took the time with you, to so you had a, a made me feel like i was somebody yeah right? you had personal yeah contact going on not just and when i heard this and nobody yeah. really had a lot of info nor yeah. could you get yeah. a hold of him yeah nor could you Remember, it's mom. He didn't. He didn't have a family at the time. It's his mom. It's, yeah. you know. And so, I remember. I remember hearing all this and like the day you got to go home. Because how long were you in the hospital? Well, you know, it was amazing. Is you know, they, they took me to the hospital. Um, you got to the burn unit and they were waiting for me because they were they were radioing him all the way there. I was in the, in the in the ambulance. They were working on me, and they I guess they have to ask because they're like you know this guy's in a lot of pain. And they'd have to ask the doctors that are, you know, the people that I'm um, on the way to the hospital to see if they could administer more morphine uh, to help kill the pain. And so it must have worked because I was in a lot of pain. I remember the ambulance going down the uh, five freeway in the emergency lane, kind of like at an angle, because I'm looking out the back, seeing everything happen. And we're going through rush hour traffic. It's basically Tuesday night, probably a little after five at this point. Yeah. And, um, but he got me there fast Yeah. and, um, uh, you know, they pulled me out and I remember feeling like, man, you know, the morphine, I didn't realize it then, but I realized that it, uh, it must've worked because they, they brought, they, they bring you off that, that the truck and then you go through these doors and all of a sudden they had like literally it's, it was like a movie, uh, like there was like a room filled with people in scrubs and it must've been more than a dozen, maybe 15 people lined and they all stood there ready until i hit the the deck when they took me off and put me on and then they all went to work and i would just lay in there and these people went to work to try to save me you know make sure that they could they could make sure that i was okay because they didn't know yet was i you know right was i of internal bleeding how many bones were crushed um you know they could just see the external that i was burnt pretty bad um and that i had gone i was driving pretty quickly and you know the impact and everything um, but, uh, I still remember is I was wearing a pair of Oakley shorts, a t-shirt and, um, the shirt was pretty burnt, uh, away then. And, and, um, when I came in, they, they cut your clothes off immediately. And the, all I remember is looking down when I hit and the first lady coming at me had the biggest pair of shears and right from the bottom of my shorts, she hit the shorts and went up and, they, and cut my shorts right off me and then cut my shirt right off me. And all of a sudden I'm laying there burnt naked in front of like 15 people and I said something to her, and she didn't hear. And she leaned down and said, "What'd you say?" And I said, "I'm usually pretty shy." <laughs> <laughs> so, so. And, and Mr. Nelson fa- fashion. <laughs> I mean, what do you say? I mean, I don't know, man. She just cut, cut my clothes off. And, this is a different you know? first date than I've been planning yeah, on this tonight. Yeah. And if I would have known, I wouldn't have come burnt. You know. <laughs> so. well, uh, I always say that. We still have, God wasn't ready to take him home yet. Yeah, he's he's an angel on earth still because his mom later once he moves to Texas with Jill, you know, and he has his two kids. His mom got to become. A, I remember the call that you were going to be yeah. have become a dad. Yeah. And I could cry on this because I remember our phone call. You're sitting. You even said you were looking out your window when you called to let me know. And sorry. Because you're still left here for your mom to be a grandmother. I know yeah. this. And that was a big moment because where she was going to lose her son. Yeah. Because so, you should not be walking today. You should not be here. You uh, should not be alive for what? I've seen pictures of the car. Yeah. You shouldn't be here. We should not be on a podcast with you right now. Yeah. So 
you were very blessed and and yeah. and God's hands that day. He he helped you get out of that car for sure because Chris, I I remember not even knowing everything and and they I seen the picture before I even got to hear the rest of the story yeah. and um some close reps had shared them with us yeah. and and that day I think I seen it like a week later actually. We were always like, what's going on? And we'd get fed little bits because nobody really knew. Yeah. And um, the day to find out you were going to be a dad, I'm yeah. like, that's a blessed day because no greater moment than that. And then here you're you're able to walk. And if you, if you guys can see him on the YouTube, his skin doesn't look like he's ever been burnt. So as you've seen him <laughs> through this time, and I was like, oh, my God, really? Like, you know, he says his right arm's the worst. You see a little bit of things, but yeah. you look amazing. I mean... You've always taken care of your body. I know we've done we've done uh, Leadville and so so many other accomplished things that a wife that went through. You supported her wife. She went to go bodybuilding, which oh my god, she's such a hottie. Oh my gosh, um, she's beautiful. And then to give her that body, and you supported her and your yeah. kids to do the stuff. So for me, God and, and I even told Jay this a million times. Like God just wasn't ready for you, and to have to still be your friend after all these years and have you to here to talk to is huge for me because if you guys can only know the the damage and, and your mindset, what you actually had to think of after this because how scary to go through that and know what you have going forward. You know, like, what do I you did. do? I did. A lot of that went through my mind in there. So, um, yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Thank, yeah. thank you, Lala. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, it was it was crazy. It, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of stuff went through my mind um, as to what my life was moving forward because I just didn't know. I mean, I lived in a burn unit for weeks, yeah. um, and it was a tough time uh, being in a burn unit and and what they do to you um, to yeah. get you back. Um, the, you know, to clean cleaning everything. And you know, when I when I went in, um, they did. Uh, I woke up. You know, they must have put me under somewhere along the way pretty quickly probably after you were shy and your everything's yeah. hanging yeah. out yeah <laughs> yeah they're like oh you're shy we'll put you out yeah <laughs> yeah now you won't know there's no shy here yeah bring out the camera <laughs> yeah. so, so you thought you found your bike video on yeah, internet yeah. that's gonna pop up Great. somewhere yeah yeah okay go on sorry uh, um no but uh, yeah i woke up the next day and i i thought you know i didn't even realize they put me out but i was out for a while and then and then um uh, i had a lot of friends and family around and then um, I ended up, uh, they brought in the doctor and he, he talked with me and my parents and he basically kept on ref referencing, you know, hey, we're going to do the surgery and we're going to, we're going to take skin from your legs and we're going to, um, you know, cover your arms and everything. And he kept referencing, you know, the second surgery, second surgery. And I, I kept looking at my mom, not understanding, and she could tell and, I, and that I was confused. And she said, you, you already had one surgery and I didn't know. Right. Yeah. So what happens is, I guess, because everything was exposed and there was no skin, um, to make sure to protect, um, like, the nerves and things so you don't lose feeling of stuff, um, they need to put skin on you right away. So what they did is they wrapped me with cadaver skin. So I was already um, had a grafting uh, or a, a skin added, but it was uh, from cadaver, right? And right. so, so I, I had that. And so they, they did that until... Um, everything was okay. And then I, you know, I think I had that for a few days. Um, and then what they would do is, um, after a certain period and I was stable, they put me into another surgery where they took me in and that's when they, they cut all the skin off your, your legs and your luckily, only part that was not burned. But yes. So my, my literally from my knee to my 
waste was not uh, was not burnt and and uh, luckily uh, I've got big fat thighs <laughs> so so they were able to cut a lot of skin to be able to cover uh, both my arms um, they tried to graft my ears my ears were really torched um, but they just didn't take um, it's it's this here's a difficult thing to do to graphing to I guess and even though they did I remember like I'd um, I'd go to sleep even after the hospital and I'd go home and I'd lay down and fall asleep and then I'd wake up and as I woke up I would rip my ear off the pillow mm. and go back in to see the doctors because I'd torn it again. Oh my gosh. And, and what they do is, you know, like those, uh, I think they give these little rafts to people with like, uh, I don't even know what, what, it, what it is, but they, they, I said, how do I sleep? And they give me this, like, it's almost like a little inflatable. It's a circle. Yeah. And, and, um, it's like a, a hemorrhoid donut it, for your head. It, it is. It's like, <laughs> it, it is. And they said, take your pillow out of your pillowcase and stick this raft in there. So I would lay down every night on a raft and your ear it's would like go, go into the hole. Yeah. And then uh, they healed. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this one's going to be tough. We could heal his whole body, but his ears. Yeah. Well, the crazy part was, I remember the doctor and he's like, you know, he says to me, like, this was days after being in, in the burn unit. And they had told me I was going to live there. They sat my parents down and said, he's going to live here probably five to six weeks for him to really recover. And we're going to do these surgeries and stuff, but he's going to, he's going to, this is his house. This is his home. It's top of, top of Western med in the burn unit. And so, uh, anyway, I, I healed really fast. Um, and 15 days later I went home. Mm. Yep. Um, wow. even they were like, we're not going to keep you. We don't, I can't, they're like, you, you healed so to. fast. You just go home. So, yeah, so I was able to go home, which was really nice, you know, because mom and dad taking their son home was a big thing. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was it was cool, you know, like uh, to go home and and, um, you know, and to realize that, you know, things are going to get back to normal and, and everything was going to be OK. And then I had a lot of great visitors, a lot of friends like, um, you know, people from Oakley, you know, from the vice president of the company to friends I was close with in sales. Um, people just would pop in and show up at my house all the time. So it was nice. I remember my boss coming to me and just telling me, hey, when you're ready, come back. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. Mm. And you got a full head of hair. You got your eyebrows. You got, you <laughs> I got never, good skin now. I, it was funny. I never lost my eyebrows because I had a pair of Oakley's on. And when the and so my face was completely torched. And the lady, when I was laying on the bed, she said, did this guy have glasses on? And they said, yeah. But the two places that I didn't burn and when the flames went through the car were my eyes, which it could have protected. It saved my eyebrows and eyelashes. Um, and the other part was my arms were torched, but where I wear a big watch, there was, my skin was still there. <laughs> so you know, there you go. We'll go figure. And you continue to wear a big watch, yeah. so you're good. <laughs> yeah. I don't have good sight, so I can see what time it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so we yeah. went. So moving on, that first date didn't happen. No. But you did land a wonderful woman. Uh, yeah, it took me a little while after that, for sure. I mean, I, I, I had a lot of attempts, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, no, finally, um, you know, my story was, is that, uh, I was dating in Orange County and I think that was also like a, um, uh, a crossroads for me right there. That was kind of a, a, a life changer because I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I started to look at things. I mean, I was an only kid. My mom was freaked out because, you know, she almost lost her only child and I, ironically it was like. I don't know, two days after Mother's Day or something. I think this right. happened. And um, and so she was quite upset, I, you can imagine. Um, and then I just was, you know, kind of like trying to find 
where do I go and what, what, what am I doing? And so at a certain point, I think I just decided to, uh, with all the travel I did with Oakley, I, I saw a lot of amazing places I'd go to for to all these meetings, but I was always happy to land back here in Southern California. I love, love it here. Um, but the one place that I went that I enjoyed and I considered moving to as, as I was Texas, but Austin, Texas specifically at the time, this was back in 2005. And so I started looking at, at properties and extending my stays out there and stuff when I go out there and um, I really liked it and uh, people just seemed to be very friendly um, right and so I ended up moving there and uh, Oakley kept me on board they didn't want me to leave um, my 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 different accounts were all over the country and so what they did is they just kind of said hey why don't you just stay on board and fly from Texas which you're more central anyway and most of my business was to the east actually so it kind of worked out it did it did so i did that i did that so they offered it to me and it worked out great because i really didn't have a plan <laughs> as to what i was going to do when i got there but i just decided i was going to move there and you know a lot of my friends were like blown away like you're moving to texas and i'm like well i'm moving to austin you know and yes it's in texas but it's they all thought everything was flat in a desert and i'm like mm, you guys have been watching dallas you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, austin was you know beautiful rolling green hills i mean super green compared to where we live here in southern california um and yeah it gets hot in the summer but they're you know they've got seasons and um if you're into cycling the you know r the road biking scene was massive when i was out there um, right. and and the mountain biking was pretty good as well so how long did you live there i only lived there for two years but in two years i did damage i in two years i i, I did meet my wife yep. um I, two months two weeks into me living there um, and, uh, I met her and I, you know, I figured I would meet a nice Southern Texas girl. Um, but I met a California girl <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's from Chino Hills and she, nice. and she'd only lived there for two months. So I, I'd been there two weeks and she'd been there two months. Um, and she was a little homesick because she was out there and didn't, she came out there for a job and, um, you know, I guess I came out there for her. So at least you that, never know. yeah, but, uh, yeah. I ended up, uh, we, a year later, we got engaged, um, got married, had my son, Tristan, and then Oakley uh, was being bought. So they, they said, look, we really need you to come back in-house uh, with the new ownership because um, they're going to ask where our national account manager is and you're, you know, 1,300 miles away. Yeah. So I was coming in for meetings once a month probably um, and stuff like that. Uh, I'd still come back and manage Sports Chalet, which was one of my accounts, and, and then do meetings and just stay here uh, in, in SoCal with my parents because they, they still lived here at the time. Um, and it was working out great. But, uh, yeah, so we followed that. You know, we once my son was born and he was ready to travel, we made the move and moved back to California in 08, and we've been back uh, ever since. been here. And if you haven't seen his kids, Tristan looks is a <laughs> carbon copy of Mr. Chris here. Mm -hmm. Like carbon and little Miss Brooklyn, who is beautiful, beautiful eyes, the whole nine yards, is mom. Like <laughs> there's no denying the two because you can yeah. still see Chris and her. My biggest moment with you and your daughter is, and I think you're the first one I ever seen it on. Like I know they do them out there, but 
Oh. The father-daughter dances. Yes, daddy-daughter. Daddy, you showed up in your outfit with your roses, with your each time for your and her dress, and oh my gosh, like yeah. to just fall for it. And then the next glimpse, you'll see his son wanting to get in a that he was a car show because he loves cars, yeah. and he's I'm sitting in, he's sitting in a that's a Lambo, always, and I'm like, what the heck? I want to get on that. Yeah, I always <laughs> see the Saturday or Sunday uh, outings, you know, uh, with you at. The car shows. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm always seeing those. It's funny. I mean, I've always been a car guy, and I, I, I love cars, but my son, he's inherited all this, and I'm, I'm sorry, son, uh, <laughs> because it's it's expensive, and I wish I didn't never had it, um, but, uh, you know, he loves cars. He loves motorcycles. He, he like she said, Lala said, it's, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of me, um, yeah. and a lot of the things that he loves and he's into, and I guess that, that can just happen. I mean, look at me. I raced motocross and bike stuff because well, of my your, dad. Your dad right. did it for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it just kind of trickles down, and you know they're all individual. Yeah, and he's racing now. He's racing bikes. So he, he is. It's funny because he was not like he wasn't me, and he. he I think it was interesting because he's not. My wife's pretty competitive, and I mean she comes from a very competitive family in general too, right? Her sister's got three gold medals from the Olympics. Uh, her brother was an athlete. Amy was an athlete. Um, they're really, you know, so we're talking about an athletic family. And then I don't, you know, I'm very, uh, what do you call it? I guess I am competitive, like you said earlier. Yes. Right? So I'm, I'm, com- I'm competitive with things. So, I, you know, if I do things, I, I like to at least do well. And my son first got into going to over the hump with me, and I was racing for the series. And, I, and obviously I was, like, you know, focused on trying to do my best. And my son, as a kid, it was funny, is he was just such a uh, fun-loving kid. Um, he just doesn't have a, a mean bone in his body, and he he uh, he's not very aggressive. And he'd go out and race, and he you know maybe twenty five kids or something. And he'd be if he made half pack, he'd be like dad, and he was so excited by it. And I you know and I, it's hard because his dad I was like excited for him that he was excited, but like as a competitive I'm like you know why are you over there? Right? You're like we want to win, you know. <laughs> That's why I'm not a coach we for any of my kids. Say, you, know, up. you know, I'm that dad that goes, you know, it's not if you win or you lose, it's that you win, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tristan, I know you're going to watch this yeah. and listen to this. Your dad's got you, babe. Uh, <laughs> I, think he, I think he knows now, too, which is awesome, is that uh, he still reminds me. So, you know, he, he he wasn't that competitive, but he didn't care. He was just, he just wanted to go out. He he was you with the shoe, with two shoes on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was just, yeah. he was just, hey, I'm happy to be out here. Enjoying, enjoying well, the moment. I remember when he came to my, when you brought him to work with you one day and he was, his sister Brooklyn was crying. He's like, it's okay. And he hugs her. Yeah. And I see these pictures of them hugging. I'm like, my brother was beating the crap out of us, you know? And yeah. he's like, it's okay. You like, you know, so loving. So I see that side of him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He, he's unique. I mean, the kid's got the, the biggest heart. And even my wife and my, my mom even says, you know, when she t- t- would be with the kids and we'd be away or something. And she's like, I can't believe your son. He's just, I don't know, whatever you guys are doing. And we're not doing anything. You know, but he's learning from it's, you guys, and you guys, yeah, yeah. But I mean, done. it's there's something that's just in him, and it's amazing. That's so, awesome. You so, don't know what his life's going to end up doing because of that art. Yeah, yeah. I just know that you know he's just he's super, super good kid, and and um, which great is too. As I was telling you, when um, when he finished, I, he, he reminds me is that one of his first races that he did, he was eleventh, and I and you know, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, eleventh, okay. He's, and he was 20-something, but I was excited for him. And I remember him getting in the car going, Dad, I was 11th. And I said, you were so fast. They gave you first twice. 
And he, and he didn't for, he's never forgot that. He was a little teeny kid, but now he always remembers. I'm going to remember that when I get 11. <laughs> Wait, that can work for 22nd, 33rd. Yeah. I got this. Yes, yes. So, but you know, what's awesome is that uh, last year, and who knows, maybe it was my last year there, but I went back to Leadville again, which is probably my, my really my the granddaddy to me for events that Wait I've Wait a minute, done. you say you're not competitive. How long did you train going into that and don't lie? Well... Right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the, here's the thing for something like Leadville. You could look at it as there's time that you really focus on preparing for Leadville. And then, in a way, all the riding you've done in your life Leads you to could that. lead you to something. Yeah. Or whatever, okay. your, whatever your Leadville is. Right? You know, yeah. I've done Belgian Waffle, all these different ones. But everybody has, like, that one that's, like, special to them. And that was definitely special to me. How, yeah. how many times have you done Leadville? I've done two... Um, 100s, and then I did the stage race last year for my first time. Okay. And I, I, if you ever want to do a race, I highly recommend that one. Yeah. It's it's an amazing I event. Hate, I hate Leadville. I don't like the town. I don't stay there, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's got the best race. <laughs> it's full of I, mosquitoes. I, hey, I don't know nothing about San Marcos, but when Belgian Waffle's there, yeah. I still go to the race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what San I mean? Marcos is a nice town, though. Yeah. You like Santa Fe. Yeah. Uh, whatever the dam is. Yeah, yeah, Santa Fe dam. Yeah. <laughs> Did you stay there often? I don't like that either. <laughs> no, that's, that's not even a good hey, area. I, I don't know. I mean, Leadville might be an amazing place to live for the people that live there. I just. In the I, it's summertime the, it's is the, full of mosquitoes. Is it really? Oh, my gosh. It's awful. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's so, cold, it's so cold. you did the race. Oh, so I did the race. And, and <laughs> when I did it, when I did it the first time, I did it. And I went out there with somebody to kind of crew, like just to help be there to support me. And and then um, on the next time I went back out, I, my wife and my kids didn't get right. to experience it. And I just thought, you know, this is like the most important race I've ever done. And I'd love for you guys to be there. So I went out there. I did the stage race. And then I stayed for the week in between. And then uh, my parents lived in Colorado Springs, so I went and stayed with them. And then my son and my and my, uh, my daughter and my wife, they all fly in. We, we stay in Breckenridge. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then we st- put them up in Breckenridge. And then we go to Leadville, and they got to experience it. And I think my son, somewhere along the way, he caught the bug. I think he's seeing that. And then... Um, he was doing a lot of riding by himself because we live against Elisa Woods Park. Yeah. And, and Laguna's right across one highway, and you're right in Laguna. So he's out riding a lot of solo rides because Dad's going to Leadville, and he'll say, oh, Dad, what are you riding this weekend? And I'm like, well, I'm going to go do 50 miles, or I'm going to go do five hours in the dirt. And he'd be like, oh. You know, and for a kid that's 12, 13, right. he's like, I'm not going on that. Yeah. Um, so he did a lot of riding, and, he, and what I didn't realize, because I didn't get to ride with him, is that when I got done with Leadville, I went for a ride with him, and I was shocked at how good he had become. Not, like, his fitness, mm-hmm. his confidence, like, over obstacles, everything, and I just, I didn't get to see it all happening, but because I wasn't riding with him for a period, and then rode with him, I saw, like, the major yeah, jump he had that's made. that's awesome. And so he, he had said to me, uh, after Leadville, Dad, I, I really want to race over the hump next year. For the whole series like i've never i want to go after a series i want a jersey and i was like wow because he's never been like i want this right, right? and so i liked that yeah and i said oh, dude i'll help you all i can um let, let's do this and so we plan to do it this spring and then he comes to me in the middle of i don't know fall winter and says dad they're doing a winter series at, at over the hump and it's a small one but do you think we should do that and i, I just told him i said hey look you're not ready because we haven't been training and I want to get you ready for spring, but I'm totally open to taking you there, but just, you know, kind of 
give them an idea. I don't want them to go there and get smashed and then realize, okay, I don't want to do this. Right. Right. So I said, this is just to learn. And then this will tell us what we need to do to get ready for this, the big one this summer. So we went out there and I pre-rode the course with the kid and did all this stuff. And we get done and tell them where, you know, these are lines you should really follow. Try to show them my, my theory is that, you know, the shortest course is not the fastest. It's the longest course, just like a, like an F1 car goes around a track, you know, don't, don't slow the bike down, carry all your speed and go as wide as you need to go. And just, that's the way to win this. And he went out there and we, we even said, where do I go? And I said, you tack on this hill on the last lap. The kid doesn't listen to anything at home. <laughs> he listened to everything I said to, to a key. I mean, it was amazing how well he listened to what I told him to do. He did it. Wow. And he attacked. And Wait, he, hold he, that thought. Yeah. Go. Trash yeah, truck. Trash truck. <laughs> there we go. This is why it's homegrown with what <laughs> we do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, So he know, actually took your coaching. He did. And it was amazing. I, I, I told my wife, I said, listen, if you if you want me to get him to take out the trash now, I know. I just take him for a ride and tell him while he's on the bike, you know, because then he'll do. Yeah, this the will make you a better bike rider. Yes. But he he listened to what I told him. And, and uh, you know, which is good because that means that, uh, you know, he, he obviously believes in me as to what my experience in on two wheels. Yeah. And he went out there and he never took the lead. I told him, don't ever take the lead. Just follow the fast guys. Cause he's in the 12 to 15 age group Yeah. and he's 13. Yeah. And so the, you know, at 14 and 15, there were kids that, that were, I thought were going to be strong and they've been riding a lot. And, uh, he went out there and he, he hit him right where I told him in the hill. And I still remember standing on the hill and he looked right at me and he realized there's dad go. And I yelled, go now and he 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 was in a, a four-man pack he was sitting fourth and nobody else was around because they had dropped everybody already and he he hit him from behind just like i showed him to, how to do and he went up over the hill first and he had gapped them all um, and only one guy was just laboring to try to get back on and catch him and he did right at the end and he got him he, he got he caught my son just before the finish and he got second which was great it's not um, 11th yeah, and it, it was awesome. There was a couple of moments that were great. Is at the end, it, these, these kids are awesome because they're over high fiving them, giving them knuckles yeah. and stuff, and saying "great race." And they're talking, and then they're like, "Where are you from?" And he tells them, and he says, uh, "What high school do you go to?" And all of a sudden, he just kind of looked at me, and I waited, you know. And he, he's like, "I'm not in high school yet, right?" <laughs> so these kids are all in high school and that are on the podium that day, and he, he's, you know, except for one guy that right. got him right at the end, he beat them all. And so um, we went back out there, and he kept doing it. And then on the last race, he was in second overall for the points. And I never would have imagined. This was just to learn, right. you know, like how, how much work we need to put in. Yeah. And he says, what do I do? And I says, you go hard the first lap and just see if they can hang. I don't think they can. And he, he tacked right out of the gate, and no one went with him, and he won the jersey on the last day. Nice. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Great story. Is oh, he, my God. Is he part of any – like the school team or anything or no because he's in he's in middle school and none of them have that okay um, i think the nika stuff is all high school if i'm not well, some of them allow the yeah, some them, some, like, they, they train with them yeah okay they train with yeah. them so um the guys that he beat asked him if he wanted to join their their team yeah and i guess that even though he's not at that high school they can train with them yeah, yeah ride with them so 
um, he's he's kind of trying to figure it out because these guys are a little ways away. Um, and it's cool that he just made friends. That's what's so cool about right. the sport, yeah. right? Here he is. He's you know 13 years old, and he's making riding friends from yeah. racing these guys. Yeah. And now he's like, yeah, I want to go ride with this team. All right, and this leads into your sponsors. What kind of bike is he riding? <laughs> Not a purple and pink Klein, I guarantee you. No, but that, that, that would be sick. If he had <laughs> it that, would right? be. <laughs> it cool. would be. Be like, oh, that kid's <laughs> going places. <laughs> it's like that gold watch, you know, <laughs> this pink Klein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tristan, if your dad ever brings yeah. home a client and tells you that's what you're yeah. raising oh, on. Yeah. Because, you know, even if you got one of the full suspension one's going to be like elastomers. And no, we're not doing this to the child. Okay? No, no. What's his bike? Because I know you're he's, an independent sales rep no, now. He, he, so he's on a Norco. And that's what I'm sure this is leading to. But yeah. not only is he, was he on a Norco, here's the sad part was he was on Norco 24, you know, the 24 inch wheeled right. uh, bikes. And then he's grown, and I put him on a 27.5, which is a first adult bike. And he had decided, because he's not competitive in racing, that he just wanted a fun bike because we live against the Liso in Laguna. And a hardtail is not that fun out there. Yeah. A full suspension. So I got him a trail bike, but it's also, you know, it's an aluminum bike itself. So I think the bike comes in at about 31 pounds. Wow. And and it has a 27.5 wheel, not a 29. Yeah. And it's a plus. Yeah. So those plus tires. Yeah. So here the kid is at over the hump where you really, the fastest thing around it is probably a road bike. A gravel bike, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. I've raced it on a gravel yeah. bike before, and it's yeah. fast um, because it's not technical. It's a dirt crit is yeah. what I call it. Yeah. Um, and you just go out there and hurt yourself for, you know, as hard as you can for an hour or whatever right. it might be. And his class, maybe it's a half hour. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he, he went out there and, I mean, I try to like tell people he's pulling a 31 pound bike and he's 94 pounds. Yeah. That's like me riding a 68 pound equivalent bike right. for me, for my yeah. weight. You right. know? So, you know, it was crazy. On the last day I borrowed a hardtail from my, one of my best friends and I borrowed a bike and said, Hey, this is what you're going to attack and go this because he stands up a lot they don't they don't produce a lot of power yet when they're seated because they're they're not that strong yeah and what's funny is that he gets out of the saddle way more than i can like if i got out of saddle as much as when i ride with my kid as he does you and i at least me right i'd be anaerobic well right? yeah, I, gotta be yeah. <laughs> I mean honestly until until my weight loss i could never stand up yeah now i can stand up here and there like yeah. but I don't know how to do that well because I haven't. You got to. I haven't yeah. done that well. Yeah. Like you have to know how to do that well. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, you could end up wasting more energy doing it too. Yeah, then, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. No, absolutely. And, that, and that's that's funny because it, it's. I come from the downhill world, so like when I get on a cross country bike, it's like I don't want a hardtail. I need full suspension because I know how to make the suspension work. Like I know how to make it efficient for me. Yeah. But like. I'm out there, you know, with these cross-country guys that are on hardtails, and they're like, oh, my gosh, why are you riding that big bike? And I'm just like, it's 120 mil. Like, this is nothing, yeah. you know, for, for me. Yeah. So it's all relative to, that's, to that's what, what you do. That's what he's on, too. He's on a 120, 120 bike. Yeah. So I think I think there's a there's going to be a race bike in his future, though, right? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's not stopping now, especially right. that he got the jersey. Let's be real. <laughs> you, you've created a monster now. I well, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. It kind of keeps, well, I want to say it kept you guys out of trouble, but I think you guys found your own trouble in life, but it kept, it, it does. It's not, one, it's outside, so it's not, 
it's not it's hey, Monday trash day. I know Monday trash day. <laughs> um, it's it keeps you guys out of trouble, right? It's not oh, indoors totally. on video games. It's totally. not yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it gives them something to do. And who knows? He may need, lose his license and need that bike oh, to ride to work. Also, <laughs> let's let's hope. Uh, <laughs> well, if you knew him really well, I mean, he, I'm. I think him losing his license probably in his future. <laughs> hey, I'm I, just gonna say it. I love him. He knows it, but he I, he he probably agree. Yeah, I I got a I got a ticket going to work in Long Beach, my first one ever, and driving home the wow. same day. In the you same day, him out. In a, in wow. a, my car was a 280ZX. Yeah. Okay, those things. First of all, no 16, 17, or 18-year-old should have that car as their first car. Yeah. Because, you know, those things were fast for oh, what yeah. they were. And oh, I learned yeah. I learned to drive stick. Yeah, me so too. So it's like, ooh, I knew how to work that well. And then you had to look cute going to work, so you always had to hurry. <laughs> and then I ran out of time, so I flew down the 605 down back. <laughs> Because I opened the holiday spa back out there. Oh, okay. Off of um, Imperial, no, was it a PCH? Okay. So driving fast there, then I had to get home quick. Like I, it was just what I did, and yep. so I even showed the officer the ticket I got in the morning. He's like, "Well, it looks you got two in one day. Wow. Let's not make it three on your way home." I'm like, "Oh, okay. yeah." So yeah, I, I admittedly too, my dad because he taught me how to ride motorcycles early. He taught me how to drive a car really early, too. Yeah. And, and he had me driving his car by 13. And, you know, he had a home in Wildemar. And so it was a good, easy place to learn. But when I went to live with him as a kid, I, I decided to go live with my dad. Um, and it was funny because I was in junior high going into high school, I think. And I remember when he, he would uh, – he didn't know how to be a dad. Like, you know, he wanted to be. But he I was with my mom all the time. So when I got there and I was like, well, I have – football practice at this time i have this and that and he just like can you, you got to find out how to get there he just didn't know that as the parent he had to he had to now figure these things Take out you there, have right. food in the cupboard all the time because he was a single guy his whole life you know um so anyway yeah it was funny as he uh, he would just say take something in the garage and so i would i mean i remember as a freshman pulling up for football practice and he had a thousand cc harley XLCR, right? And I would ride that because I knew how to ride bikes really well. Yeah. And I this was no pre helmet law, you know, yeah. back then when I was in high school. And I'd show up and, and all these guys on it would be on little what are they, like the Vespa scooters yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And they, they were all like the the you know, varsity guys. And here's this freshman rolls in and blah 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 blah, you know, <laughs> coming in with the Harley. And, and that, that was what I did as I just drove. But I did get my first three tickets before I was old enough to drive. Yeah. yeah, and the, I remember the the, the judge of the last the last one. He he just said to me, he said, "I'd take your license away if you had it." Yeah, <laughs> and he says, "Go get your license." And I said, "Okay," and I got it. That way, you wouldn't get a ticket for for not having a license. Yeah, yeah. All the other ones were for speeding. <laughs> right, that's, that's what mine was like. Yep. It's just yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So what brands do you rep now before we close out of this? So it's obviously um, Norco I've been with for a few years now, and uh, we, we've really done a great job. We've been able to grow that, and the brand's doing really well here in the U.S. I mean, we're obviously big, big Canadian brand, um, but now— I uh, really want to ride one of the, oh, the well, bikes. I want to get you the, one to ride. The high pivot. Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. Idler. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, I think we'll have some demos this summer too. And so I'll yeah. see if we, I don't know if we have one of those on the truck, but that'd be cool to get you on one. Cause, um, I'm hearing really great things about that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not a big downhill race guy, but that bike is amazing. And I've heard that that might even trickle down into bikes that are not the full yeah. downhill bikes just yeah. because of the way it works. Right. Um, but I also do felt bicycles again. I worked for, for them in a past lifetime, but now, uh, back I remember with them. that. 
um, they're, they're only rodent tri, so it doesn't conflict with anything we do at Norco, but um, they were just bought by a company called Pierre Mobility, which is KTM, Husqvarna, okay. Gas Gas Motorcycles. Yeah, so explain Sweet. where you're going. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Jay's going to be jealous right now. Oh, my gosh. Now what? That we're holding, they're holding their first sales meeting, and, and, and uh, it's the same week as Sea Otter, they, so they had to let us know right away, don't, don't plan Otter this year. Um, but um, they're having us in Austin for our meeting. For, so I guess we're going into a meeting, and then they're going to take us to MotoGP to watch the KTM Red Bull team. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Uh, yeah, I've never so, been to a Moto G. I'm not going to see Otter. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not racing cross country. He's going cross country. <laughs> right? Yes. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So okay. I he mean, called to tell me that the other day. He's like, "Listen, yeah, that's so cool. Stuff. We haven't been to a meeting in three years because of COVID. Right? Right? All these meetings have been like uh, Zoom and go to meetings yeah. and stuff. And you know. I think going away now I'm to the point where usually it, it's travel season and I have a lot of them and I'm not always looking forward to it uh, being away from the family. Yeah. But I'm going to my first one. I'm kind of excited because it's back to Austin, which I know. Right. And then I go to Austin. I've been there four times, five times maybe to Coda, which is the raceway for F1. And I'm always there for F1. I've never been there for MotoGP. That's so, awesome. So in the back of my mind, I wanted to go to one soon. And the fact that, now the company I work for, you know, they're inviting oh, us. Oh, heavens forbid! Yeah, yeah that's so, cool. That's so, really cool. Yeah, so I'll be sending you some photos. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm excited. Right. Per- perks of the job are always yeah. a good thing. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, so those are my bike brands, and then I also I've, for ten years I've been with CD. I've been with Poc. Uh, I do I do um, a mountain shoe with Ride Concepts, um, and I'm also do rotor accessory stuff for yep. bike with cranks, power meters, and ring stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, I want to thank you personally. And Heck yeah. Jay and I like. Yeah, absolutely. I know he was like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to And I'm like, dude, it's just off the hip. It's fun. It's homegrown. This is simple, right? This is everyday life. It's. I'm, I'm coming back next week. Oh, right? yeah. nice. <laughs> nice. We're just going to make it where we invite one person. It's all three of us. There you go. <laughs> you know what? The, the part that we like is. People seen you, know you, met you somewhere, well, you know, acquaintances, whatever. But you never know what, what leads you to be a rep. What led you into bicycles? Well, what, yeah, what, what gets what's you in cool the industry? Because of having the team and the kids are always, you know. How do you know this person? They start out at, at 15 years old on the team. Yeah. And we're like, we always introduce them to people like, look, the, he's worked in the bike industry for years and has made a good living. Yeah. And you can do this and, and enjoy what you do. It's working with things that you love to do. You yeah. know, and so I always try to show them like you don't, you know, bike racers like, yeah, this this yeah. long of your lifetime, yeah, and maybe that much money if you're one of the yeah. what one thousandth percent, yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah, so, so exactly. So you know, cool. so that only goes so far, and I mean, we love it. We love the bike racing and doing all that, but being able to be part of the bike industry, yeah, is you know, I think I think cool. it's absolutely. I just think it's. Uh, you know, I don't know. I read somewhere some someone they say like you know you don't get into if you get into a job because of the money it makes you'll never be happy. But if you find what you truly love, you will find a way to make money at doing that. Yeah. So yep. th- that's the way to go. Well, I was told by someone, do you know how to make a million dollars in the bike industry? <laughs> yes. Start with two million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. I think yeah. I think that's. To be said with any industry, though, that's always right. The the old the old grumpy guys. We we get to 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 that point, and it's like, wow, well, I could have made more money doing this, but now you know. But I think we're doing and, what we love, right? And that's the thing. And and the people we meet, and you know, you keep the friendships along the way. You know, I always said, 
you know, the phone call I can call in the middle of the night and you'll pick me up no matter where I'm at. And you've always been that. You've got my number. So yeah. I know that. So I and the last time you're supposed to come on here, it didn't happen. So I'm stoked that you're here. Oh, yeah. And I know I told Jay, we got Chris for Monday. I was so excited. Yeah. Heck yeah. And so <laughs> I, I know because you uh-huh. matter. And so thank you so much. And and um, I mean, share this. And I mean, your story is amazing to me. So yeah, I know your mom's your mom's only boy and having two grandkids and a life and just like i said you're god's angel on on earth still so thank you so much and thanks for coming and sharing a a huge story with us so yeah yeah. absolutely yeah and i'm i look forward to riding with chris soon Um, yeah you know he hit me up after uh he saw that i rode down in his neck of the woods yeah (laughs) i I rode down there actually quite a bit yeah i mean kind of regularly so yeah yeah, well it's the type of riding you're doing now too is we um, you know because yeah i'm those guys where i always tell my son you know we go out and we do those xc rides and we do you know 20 25 mile rides together but like i got my buddies that do 14 but they're just doing death defying things and half the time they're coming off of art school going to the hospital and stuff like that and i love I, art school i don't like the trip to the hospital though yeah <laughs> but for some reason i've got a couple of friends that are close friends that you know, were hurt badly on it mm. you know and I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's their writing, yeah. but <laughs> but either way, um, yeah, hit me up because I'd love to ride with you. It'd be cool. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you making the drive up here. Thank so, you, Kenda. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Trail Tune. And go ahead. Yeah. So no matter uh, what life throws at you, right? Yeah. You never know what what the road may hold for you. Yeah. So uh, no matter where you are, keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side, side down. down. Thanks, everyone.